What's going on, you fucking marks? It's the Eat Sleep Elite Rep podcast back at it again. Uh, hitting you with that fucking German suplex off the top rope because we're goddamn Pac or something. He would do that probably, you know? Um, da Vinci? They definitely would not do it. I'm sorry. They just, they would not. <laughs> <laughs> they got too many fucking pretty faces that they gotta fucking protect. You know what I mean? But um, I actually shocked we've only seen those guys one time. Wild. No, we're back in Canada. Da Vinci? Yeah, we need the Voros. Are they, are they called the Voros twins? Is that their name? The Voros twins. Whoever the fuck they are. Those guys. We need them back. Anyway, so yeah, it's Eat Sleep Elite. Back at it again, you know, with the uh, with the tongue action. <laughs> Oh, that's been a revolving. I love how all of the fucking, like, whatever our joke of the week is always makes it into this pod. Like, people are probably like, what the fuck are they talking about with the tongue action? Don't worry about it. It's fine. Just accept it for what it is and move on. All right. Um, And, yeah, so the, we'll get into favorites and stuff here in a minute. And I'll obviously take your orders of business and stuff like that at the top. But um, I've been finally catching up on some stuff that I've been like behind on for years, like Star Wars. I'm finally almost, I think I've finally almost seen all of Star Wars. Not quite. I, I still don't know if I'm going to go back and watch all those. Like, I don't know. They did all the, they've also done like forces of destiny. Like there's stuff that's canon that I should probably watch, but like, I just haven't watched. I'm just like, I don't know. But one of the things that I, um, finally watched recently, <clears throat> Was Spider Man into the Spider Verse, and I just, I just wanted to say that movie was really good. So I, I took forever to see it, but it was really good. So that's my three second review. If you just decided not to see that movie because you're, uh, you know, uh, a terrible person, frankly, uh, you know, um, no, <laughs> but uh, no, you really should do that though. If you if you haven't seen it, I recommend. Um, was a good flick. Did some good. Uh, some of the best flick. animation I've seen in uh, a non like anime animation in a long time. Yeah, and with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse having just dropped, and now the other one coming in, like, fucking 11 months, it... Oh, so they've already greenlit a third? Okay. Yep, they did them back-to-back. They pulled the fucking Lord of the Rings. I mean, hey, that's sometimes the the way to do it, though, if you know. Yeah, Avengers, you know. They could not have anticipated the unprecedented success the first movie was, so that makes a lot of sense, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse uh, segment of the podcast. You know, I gotta so. tell you, I actually, I saw a movie that disappointed me. Oh, okay. I, I thought it'd be funny. And I gotta tell you, how do you make a bear, a movie about a bear that does cocaine boring? It was quite impressive. No, you know what? Uh, no, I, you moments, know what? I, it shouldn't be the majority that of the movie. We, you were going to see it and then all the reviews were terrible. So that's why you yeah, had the majority it. of the movie was like, just kind of there. And I'm like, man, this is. Ah, I, I, I also know. just I watched just Guardians three, but I mean, that's more. not even out on Disney Plus yet, so I won't, I won't spoil that movie. But uh, it was a good flick as well. Um, yes, I really, really like dramatic. Yes, but actually, yeah. you know what? We fuck it. Maybe that's what we'll end the show on. If, if you people are interested, we'll talk about Guardians three. I literally just saw it less than two hours ago, so it's still fresh in my mind. We'll, we'll we'll think about it. We'll see. I don't know. We haven't done one of those in a while, though, so it'd be good timing. But yeah, eh, we'll see. Anyway, so let's get into the orders of business before we get into favorites and stuff like that. So uh, if this is the first time you guys are listening to the podcast, you can make sure you follow us on Twitter. That's uh, for me. That's at Bane Duke. That's B A N E D U K E at O Charlie with an X and seven A for Charlie. And you can follow the podcast itself at Eat Sleep Elite. Join the wrestling community. We're forming there over on Twitter. We will get back to you if you send us a message. 
hit us with something in the you know regular tweet. Tweet us some CDL intel if you know something. If you know where uh, Priesta is landing, tell, let me know, and I won't tell anybody. Hello, what have we here? I promise I won't tell anybody. Just tell me. All right. Anyway, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. So <clears throat> phase Priesta confirmed. No. Anyway. Um. So. <laughs> imagine no um but so yeah i mean uh so yeah the podcast feed that you're listening to this on so whatever podcast feed that you happen to be listening to this on be that apple podcast google podcast spotify whichever those that you happen to be on it could be a different one than those as well uh make sure you follow in or subscribe click whatever little button make sure you get that podcast in your feed every week so you never miss an episode of eat sleep elite and with that uh it is my go here first so we'll get into favorites but uh i mean man just like Really, really spectacular week of wrestling again, just top to bottom. There were some stinkers. Yep. There always is. But, you know. Uh, you know last, un- last week, one of our recurring themes was there was like, I was, I was saying comfortably five, like, high quality matches. It's the same this week. And yet I think two of them, three of them, I think three of them were just an extra notch. And I, mean, I think we already have our fucking second or third potential. <laughs> I mean, dude, you know what's going to be fun? Co- collision match of the year. <laughs> I know. It, I feel like it's changing every week, and I think it changed again. So I think, yeah. So I think we already have uh, – I think for me this so far is collision match of the year, which is Bullet Club Gold taking on FTR in an AEW World Tag Team Championship Eliminator match. And my God, Charlie, this match was just – bonkers from jump and i knew how good we just happened to i I don't know if if jay because i don't remember hearing much about him in japan the last couple of years while he was champion and stuff i I remember him winning the championship and it being a big deal and it kind of saved the company when when they could only have okada as champion for a while you know and jay white kind of stepped up and there was like another person that wasn't okada for a bit you know um thank god we have sonata now but we didn't know what sonata was back then obviously you know what i mean so yeah um or maybe they didn't they just didn't want to use him yet but um that being said uh jay white and fucking juice robinson both the unbelievable quality they put in this match because ftr can have a good match with anybody but in order to have an ftr match with ftr like one of those matches where they get talked about as the best tag team in the world again which they always do anyway but you know you can always reference it as a takeover match because that was when they made their name yeah when when the revival had takeover matches it yes that level of match um yeah, actually, honestly, if these two were together as a tag team in that era and in NXT, that's exactly absolutely what Triple H would have done with the, with the four of them. But anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, so FDS, I wrote in my notes um, two things off the rip. So first of all, is anyone better than FTR right now, Charlie? Like, I, I just can't. It's is anyone because I think that was asked on commentary in the match. And I was kind of thinking I was thinking about myself, like, is anybody better as I honestly can't think of like a singular act. It ain't, maybe MJF, M- maybe, but like I can't I know, think when of. When it comes to putting on like just high quality matches in, in what they're doing, because they wrestle a tag style that no one wrestles anymore. And it's just like Literally it's a blast nobody. from the past, but yet it doesn't feel in the past. It feels elevated to modern wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's truly something special. And, you know, I'm glad we're getting it because. When they started this title reign, you know, I kept saying, here we go. Here enters the best AEW tag team title reign we've ever had. And it's been a little rocky. I mean, it hasn't been their fault. It's just, it's been a little rocky to start. And, you know, and here we are. This is what we've been waiting for. Honestly, right? Oh, yeah. We're eight weeks in, nine weeks in, whatever it is. And holy shit. We got the guns. We got Jeff Jarrett. 
I mean, they had to win it off the guns, obviously. But and the guns feud was good. But then we got straight into the Jeff Jarrett, and with that stuff was good. But again, not what I would have done with them. Although it turned out to be one of my one of my favorite tag team feuds of the year. You know what I mean? Just because it was fun. You know what I mean? But there's also not been that many tag team feuds this year, so that's that's not simply saying much. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> uh, that being said, though, so yeah, I wrote the other thing I wrote in my notes is FTR was hacking. Uh, they were hacking, bro. Um, they're they're hacking. This is hacking. all I can go. They're hacking. Um, we got a this is wrestling chant like five minutes into the match. They had barely done any wrestling and they were like, this is wrestling. And that is the power of FTR. And you take a guy that's as good as Jay White and you take a guy as good as Juice Robinson and you put them against guys like FTR and you get a this is wrestling chant in like five minutes. You know what I mean? Um, and then after that, after that chant, we jumped into the longest build to a like organic build to a hot tag I think I've ever seen. Because this first hot tag that we got, I think it was the cash. I'm not sure. No, it was my. It might have been the dash actually, or the dax I should say, uh, because I think uh, Cash was doing the thing he's really good at. And he got beat up for like 15, you know, 56 minutes or something like that, and it looked awesome the whole time and believable somehow, even though he was literally getting like murdered for like 10 minutes, you know, or something like that. Um, and but. It, I, I'm asking you this, Charlie. During this long ass build to this hot tag, did it any second did it feel like it didn't feel like it was building perfectly? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like it didn't feel. Oh yeah, forced. I was I was waiting feel- for it. I mean, this was Ricky Morton. Yeah. I was waiting for it. I, I wanted mm-hmm. that tag to hit. This felt like a main event match, which it wasn't. So for fuck's sake, you know what I mean? It was like in the middle of the show, and it felt like a main event match. That's what AEW needs to be doing more. You know what I mean? Um. Fuck. All right. Uh, there. All right. So just to get into like what actually has uh, ending of the match here, and this is one of the longest ending sequences I've seen, but it all ties together, and you'll see what I mean when I go through it. So they hit a series. Of st- I'm not sure who it was in the ring at this point, but they hit a series of standing switches. Dax then hits a brain buster. So it must have been Dax and I'm guessing Jay at that point. I'm guessing. I don't actually. I, know. I believe so. Oh, uh, that's what sounds right to me in my head. If it wasn't, it was him and Juice. So either way, series of standing switches. Dax then hits a brain buster for two. Uh, Juice. Oh, so it was Juice in the ring with him. Okay, Juice back soup. Okay, Juice gets back suplex on the apron. So it was Jay in the ring because he was obviously not on on the. He was able to get fucked up on the, ugh, able to get fucked up on the apron. So yeah, Juice gets back suplex on the apron. Then uh, Jay kicks out of a powerplex. Fucking insane. I think that's the first time someone's kicked out of that. Uh, then they duck the blade. So yeah. So then combined uh, combined they duck the Blade Runner from Jay. Then they do a big rig, which is dodged. Multiple miscommunications get barely avoided by both teams. Like a do do happened. I think Jay and, uh, and, and I gotta say, each other. That was the best dodge of the big rig I yes. think I've seen yet. Oh, it, it looked it just ducked it. It looked organic. It looked mm-hmm. like something that actually would happen. Like it, you know, if we're kayfabe, he just it up. rolled or something like that. I think right. He just didn't. He didn't even do anything he, crazy. He like he, just... he like went limp. That's the best way to describe it. Jay went limp, okay. and Dax wasn't able to catch him. Like it just, it was mm-hmm. brilliant. I, I actually know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah. So then the, the multiple, multiple, multiple miscommunications. I swear I could speak everybody. We had a roll up for two, a stuff pile driver for two. And then the craziest 2.99 count. I think I've ever oh, seen yes. on the regal plex. <laughs> yeah, no, Dax have been practicing that one. Oh my God. Rebound power bomb off the ropes for two. And then I uh, – let me pull up the actual link here so I can get the actual ending here because it was – that was just the build-up to the end. <laughs> well, it, it was it was incredible. 
All right, and then uh, scroll, 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 scroll. Wait, where is it? Hello. And I, Hello, I, I wanted to correct myself. I said nine weeks. They've been champions for thirteen weeks. That's actually insane. That doesn't seem right at all. Oh, okay. I was like, I was looking for the match, and I was like, wait, where is this at? I, I was, I wasn't scrolling down for it. I was like, that's not the end of the show. Sorry about that. Um. Okay. Wow, this is really hard to find for some reason. I apologize, everybody. Um, it's really convenient when they do the fight forever chance because then they can just plug the game. Um, uh, that is so good for them. <laughs> and they're going to use that in all their video packages going forward. <laughs> all right, so here's where I was at. Uh, the Spike Paul Driver for Near Fall. Uh, Robinson and Tagged In. White got, uh, sorry. Wait, Robinson Tagged In. Wait, what? This, okay, this is weird. White got a blind tag. Juice. They hit the juice box. Is that, I didn't know that's what it was called. That, like, uh, like slam movie. <laughs> yeah, it's nice little name the for ju- it. Okay, juice box. And then, uh, yeah, rebound power bomb. Um, and then Harwood got the sliding uppercut um, for another near fall. Wheeler took out Robinson, but White dropped Wheeler with a blade runner. And Harwood and White exchanged chops and forearms while Robinson tagged his blind. Harwood rolled up white, not realizing Robinson tagged in. Yeah, I remember this actually exactly as it happened. I'm picturing it in my mind right now. And that allowed Robinson to hit a face buster for the win. And the future title match is now confirmed. So we are getting FTR versus Bullet Club Gold. Probably, Adam, I'm guessing that's going to be at the next pay-per-view week. the next one. Next week. Oh, so we, it is next week. Two out of three falls next week. They're loading up next sounds week. Sounds like we need to have it uh, for this feud to continue to the pay-per-view. We need to have them win. That's what it sounds like to me. What do you think of Juice getting the pin? I thought it was nice. Honestly, he's been the one losing in a lot of scenarios where Bullet Club Globe was losing. So I make it, yep. it feels he put right, over Ricky you know, last but, week. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense to me. This is just a fucking fantastic match from start to finish. Give me your thoughts on it, and then we'll go to your favorite. But like, yeah, just an insane yes, match. Uh, and, uh, the last thing I put in my notes: Bullet Club Gold deserved to win this match. Best tag match of the year in AW so far. I and checks that box for me. That's including pay per views. Um, I will say this: I'm. I'm a little sad that we're spreading this all out so much. You know, here's the thing. I'm, do, am I happy we have a collision? Yes. However, between the punk verse and all the stuff that's going on, because this is under that umbrella, and the elite verse and all the stuff that's going on with that, this shit would be must-watch TV right now if it was all on one show. And that makes me a Can little sad. Can you imagine sad. if we could have, like, Wheeler, Yuta, and Claudio Castagnoli versus Bullet Club Gold right now? And 100%. And I think... If you combine both of these cards into one show like they had been doing for four years before this, you know, it that part of it is making me a little sad because but you know, we're getting other spots for other people and there was a match that got canceled on the show fucking forty five minutes before it started and this and that, but that being said, I just had to get that out of the way. I want to put that out there. Um yeah, awesome stuff. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And it the two out of three falls match is gonna be even better. You can go ahead and lock it in. It's going to be even better because they're going to the way that FTR works and the way that we know Jay White works. And I, I at this point trust Juice Robinson. Like in my eyes, he's never been, you know, some fantastic wrestler we've talked about before. He was always just like that one of the guys yeah, in Bullet exactly. Club. He was it, just a guy and you could throw on about any. This, uh, but you know what, though? We should have known because New Japan could always throw this guy on a card. You know what I mean? They, he was always Finn getting Juice matches. was a team for a long time. And we know now how David Finley is on his own. So. He's fucking in a sink or swim world. That motherfucker's drowning. So 
He's having some trouble on his no, own. No, we need Driller. Driller leader. The Driller. The Driller Club. The Driller. Driller Maloney. And then, um, so yeah, I, I'm excited to, to see where this goes forward. And next week, I, you can, you heard it here first. It's going to be even better. So. No, nah, when, when Driller Maloney sacrifices David Finley to the gods. And then, <laughs> God damn, I love Driller Maloney. We're actually going to be talking Driller Maloney here at the break. Uh, well, we're going to be talking during our news segment. We will be covering the independence shows from New Japan. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. But first, we've got to get to my favorite. And like I said at the top, there's there's a lot of... By the way, American wrestling, 0 out of 10, allowing Japanese wrestling to put on a better celebration for Independence Day than you, 0 out of 10. 0 out of 10. And, um, you know, of the few matches I could choose, and uh, I'm going to go with... We're going to go with the start of Rampage, because Rampage better. Right? So... I mean that is this is a known fact. Rampage better. I don't make the rules. You don't make the rules. We all don't make the rules. And we're gonna go right up the top. Where we had the Dark Order. John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Uvil Uno defeat the Young Bucks and Adam Page. Hangman Page. So Hunk Bucks. Hunk Bucks. Right away, you know, we're getting a follow up from the story. I'm I'm glad they're picking the story back up because, you know, Hank we covered we talked about this last week. I mean you kind of needed to explain why he's been gone. Why you know, there's going to be some animosity between these teams, and holy shit, Evil Uno pinned Hangman Adam Page. How that happened? Uh, Heal Dark Order? Question mark. Heal Dark Order. And there's a there's a theory floating around. I'll toss at the end here. Um, so pretty much we start off with uh, Matt Jackson. He's in the ring, and he's doing his he's. Matt Jackson's doing Matt Jackson things. I mean, I'm talking the locomotion, Northern Light suplex. He's hitting dives onto the floor. He's fucking, and then he ends up tagging Nick in, who's doing his dives off the top. And, but the story of this match is Evil Uno. You have three just absolute incredible Hall of Fame talents. And then you have a guy named Evil Uno who's getting the shine in this match and getting the spotlight put on him because I got to tell you, it's the right call and it's the right move in this situation to put Evil Uno in the spotlight. And this is something, you know, at the beginning of AEW, the Young Bucks were criticized very heavily for not putting themselves over because they were putting over everyone and anyone. And it's like, well, you got to establish yourself. This is a new show. They've established themselves by now, right? It's safe to say within the AEW lore, the Young Bucks have established themselves. And so was Hangman Page. He's a fucking world champion. I mean, they're the only two-time tag champions, right? Yeah. Am I crazy? Is that true? Oh, no, FTR yeah, is now, but yes, they were. Um, but yeah, it's Evil Uno. This, this, the story of this match was ultimately Evil Uno becoming the one to pin Hangman Adam Page, and so pretty much the Bucks end up going for a melt driver, but uh, Reynolds escapes. Silver and Reynolds, they're trying to do their rapid fire finish. Nick's not letting that happen on his brother. Uh, the Bucks hit the Meltzer driver on Reynolds for the two. Tags were made on both sides. Page and Uno back in the ring. Third time this is the case. Uno hits a boot. Page came back with a lariat. Silver caught Page with a German suplex. The Bucks ran in with super kicks. Um, then the Bucks, they're kind of holding Evil Uno open. They Adam Page doesn't want to do it, right? They're fucking, they're like almost holding him up for a goddamn crucifix, if you will. <laughs> but Silver and Reynolds, they don't let that happen. The Bucks take them out with more dives to the floor. Page went for the buckshot. Uno pulled the ref into his way. You see Kanosuke Takeshita, that son of a bitch, come out of the side. And I'm like, oh, what's this motherfucker doing? He's he's from the crowd. Um, Uno hits Hangman with a low blow. 
Claudio hits the uppercut, and we get the visual pin of Uno pinning Hangman Adam Page. And that visual is fucking awesome, by the way. Um, And yeah, after the match of the Dark Order, we're more than happy to get out of the way of Claudio and Takeshita, who entered the ring with steel chairs. Kenny Omega runs in with his own chair to chase off the BCC. Again, this is just setting more up of... Uh, What's it called? Blood and Guts in a couple weeks. So that's that's Blood a big show. Guts. That's their first show back in America. So, Wow. What a show to come back to America with. Yeah, at the fucking TD Garden. It's not called that anymore, is it? It's called something else. But it's, I, I, something. it's the main arena in Boston. It's the one AEW's never The ran. main event of the But event. I got to tell you, I love this. Good match. And yeah. Hangman Page, uh, his hot tags right now are like he's. I think he's got to be juicing, bro. I don't know. That's fucking nuts. It's money. Like, it's he's money. Just, he's he, he's just like he fell so naturally into that tag role with Kenny, and it's nice to see that when he wants to, you know, he did his singles thing for about two years after that. I feel like he, he probably is right not the in. biggest fan of this right now, though, because he went from being like a singles world champion to like he's not even able to get like a singles title shot now. He's just got to be in the trios of the trio of that team. Now. I, I whatever, I guess. I mean, yeah, I'd rather have Kenny for singles between the two of them, but you know, like couldn't agree more. And but I mean, at the same time, it's like damn, it sucks to be hanging a little bit. I mean, you're like the fourth guy in the elite now, but hey, whatever. So now, one of the things we're left pondering is who's going to be that fifth member of each team, right? I think we know Danielson's who it's going to be hurt. from the elite side. I think it's been known for a while. I mean, if it's not, Dan- if it's not Abushi, it's kind of crazy. Yes. You know, yeah, like on the elite side, it should be Abushi. But on but, the other side, it's uh, it could be a lot of people. And now um, that we know he's bled with the dark, he's bled with the Blackpool Combat Club. He just pinned Hangman Adam Page. Could the fifth member be Evil Uno? I kind of, I'm kind of hoping not, but I, could I am see too. It. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm hoping not, but yeah. What'd you think of the match and uh, evil? Luna For two reasons. Partner? One, because you'd ha- you'd have to have them do the thing that Lucha guys do where they cut open the mask. And I just don't think it's going to look as good as it did. Like on, you know, um, Desperado. Yeah. <laughs> or really any other Lucha. I mean, any of your actual Lucha. Dude, not Moss to, not made to a bleed. His mask looked kind of cool. Ripped open. It did work. I agree. I just, I don't know. I think I I don't know. I think I I, 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 I would rather it be like here. almost anybody else if I'm being completely honest. But <laughs> I mean like I mean if they have to. Yeah. We don't know who it's gonna be. All right, I'll give you this one. Evil Uno or Chris Jericho is the partner. Honestly, Jericho's been in blood and guts before and both times they were good. So okay. I mean I, I'm actually I, gonna I, pick Uno in this situation. I, I, I would prefer him over... Uh, I mean, for storyline purposes, yeah, but it's only because they chose to insert the Dark Order into that storyline. They they didn't have to do that. It, it makes sense given the history. I just was kind of shocked when they decided to do that. It's really cool if you're watching Ring of Honor right now as well because like, my question is this. Do you think the reason why they went so far dark was not just because Hangman betrayed them in their eyes but because of the stuff going on with Stu right now as well? I think so. And you could incorporate that Gotta be okay if they merge those groups, but I know it wouldn't really make sense from a storyline point right now, but yeah, um, 
Well, like the Dark Order and Righteous just become one faction yeah. or something. I'd be okay if it's they led did by that. led by Stu or something like that. You could almost have it like the trio leading it, Stu with the other two guys, Stu. right? And then have like Uno still be like the leader of the Dark Order guys, but like it's almost like how it was before, where he's like the second in command almost yeah. to whoever's actually in charge. Like, it, I, or even not even have like a chain of command, just have everybody start dressing like the Righteous. You know what I mean? Like, oh cool, my god, you know? how cool would that be? Give yeah. me a full white out fucking evil Uno. That'd look pretty neat. Ooh. Well, what, the white mask, too? That would look yeah. pretty sick. I'm not even going to lie. Like, that'd look money. Yeah. All right. But that is our favorites, guys. So what we do now is we're just going to hit our hit a little bit of news, and then we'll run through uh, some Ring of Honor, Dynamite, A little Rampage, bit of news. And Collision for you. So we'll get through those in a minute. But in the meantime, Bandito, we've been uh, covering him week to week now. He, we do know now he has underwent successful surgery. So we're hoping the best for him. Uh, Bandito, it was his wrist, I believe. Triangular fibrocartilage complex injury. Do with that what you will. <laughs> um, if that information means anything to you, congratulations. But yes, it, it, long story short, that is his wrist. But um, he has undergone surgery, so good for him. Wheeler Yuta, he suffered a hamstring injury on Dynamite against Kenny Omega. Fuck, that was another really good match. Jesus Christ, what a what a week. Um <laughs> But his is not serious, and he will be back for blood and guts. We probably just won't see him wrestle for two weeks, which is fine. He shouldn't wrestle next week anyways. You just fought Kenny Omega. Um, I'm actually going to save that since I believe it's covered in Ring of Honor. All right. And then we got Dr. Sampson. Kind of gives us a little bit of an injury update on uh, Thunder Rosa. And he, was, he goes on to say, looking at the most recent MRIs and all the conservative stuff we've done in the past, you're progressing really well right now. You do still have all the path pathology in your lower back l4 l5 i think with that progression pushing it to the limit but taking it you know sequentially so going week to week to week we push a little bit more if we hit a roadblock we take it up we take it back a step but i think over the next four to six weeks we'll see how it's going so long story short she's been progressing pain-free and they're going to run another test on her in six weeks and this all came from her vlog so again i think we're getting closer to her her return and it sucks because I just I want to see her back badly, and but that's you know we got another return. We're starting to get some of our women's division back, and we're starting to feel that more. Which little hint towards uh Ring of Honor here in a couple minutes. Yeah, I mean although the injuries are also still not to completely jump ahead, but like they are still stacking up a little bit. So it's yeah, not, not really ideal, you know. But I mean, yeah. hey, what do you do? Jamie Hader still know? out. So um, yeah, I mean, Diamante. but. She has received yeah. a full-time AEW contract. Wait, she didn't have one already, and she was doing all this for them? What the yep. f- what? So, uh, she debuted for the promotion in early 2020. Bro, her 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 girlfriend got the contract before she did. God damn. Yep. She, she was there first, wasn't she? What? No. She was. That, that can't be. She was bumped. What? She was on the Tier 0 deal, to now she's a full-time spot on the company's roster. So fucking way to go yeah. Diamante I've hey. always appreciated what Diamante did I always thought she was on the roster I mean I knew she wasn't on the page but I always thought she was a kind of more or less like how Sky Blue was for a long time like for like the first year we saw Sky Blue she was basically on the roster but she wasn't you know what I mean and then she was yeah uh. and now yeah because she beat Layla last week right so now and then we know what happens this week but so she is picking up wins on Ring of Honor so it's nice to see um, and then our last little bit before we get into the New Japan stuff, AW's announced a Latin America and Caribbean streaming deal. So 
Uh, Televisa Univision is going to bring AEW's weekly programming and other content to the premier tier of the VIX streaming service, which will be throughout Mexico, Latin America, and some Caribbean countries. So it's pretty much described as the first large-scale streaming service to exclusively serve the Spanish-speaking world. So I'm sure our Spanish announced project will be on that, you know? So S-A-P. S-A-P. All right, so... Where the fuck do we start with this? New Japan Strong, Independence Day, night one. Uh, Any matches you want to talk about, just stop me and fucking jump in. All right? We open up with uh, Yo, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Oscar Luebe, who defeated Kengo, Dragon Libre, and Takahiro Katori. So, you know, some of your unfamiliar freelancers, as well as some of one of our go-to young lions and Oscar Luebe. And then Yo and Taguchi, two of our juniors. Bad Dude Tito defeated the, the DKC. Bad Dude Tito, I'm, I think we're going to see more of him in New Japan. It's funny. I didn't pay attention to this match that much while it was on, but I will say that when we're watching it, I will say this. But like, but I did notice him doing shit in the background. DKC has just got an interesting style. I don't know what it is. Like team up with Mike Bailey or something. I don't yep. know. J.R. Kratos, Joel Nelson, and Royce Isaacs defeated Alex Zane, Lance Archer, and Ryohei Oiwa. Not 100% sure on that spell, uh, on that pronunciation, but yeah, I mean, Kratos was busted open. <laughs> was he, a, I think he made a joke. Where I, the, all all I know is to watch this match, and I just was very confused by why the guy who had an injury when he started the match. <laughs> the Osaka street fights he was in. <laughs> um, and then we had a really, like, a really kind of excellent grappling heavy match in the sense of uh, Tom Lawler defeating Kosei Fujita. And I think this shows a lot of trust that they have in Fujita. Um, bro, Tom Lawler was having a blast he was. on Independence Day. Ichiban Sweet Boy himself with Lawler. And I think they work some magic Every together. time I see Fujita wrestle, I want to see him wrestle more. I don't know what that means. The future I, of New Japan that means... is bright. It, it 100% yeah. is. And they're securing the future, as we covered last week, with the new Musketeers. So Eddie Kingston and Rocky Romero defeated Kenta and Gato. Um, this was fine. I... I like seeing Eddie pick up wins. Makes me happy. Um, Willow Nightingale and Momo Kogo defeated Julia and Tekla. Um, this is my first time seeing Julia and Tekla tag. I thought they were pretty good together. Bro, Tekla was really good yeah. for like someone I've never seen before. And like, I really dig that they're like both part Japanese, part some European country, and they're like living in Japan and wrestling in Japan. It's just a cool thing that they just happen to like. I'm sure that's why they were put together, but like that was just cool to me. I was like, that's yeah. a, I, I dig that vibe. It's different. You know what I mean? Julian Willow, they they just they showcased here of their match that we'll talk about in the next show, but they they had some nice chemistry together even in this tag, and it got me excited for the uh, upcoming match. We had the New Japan Strong Open Weight Tag Team Championships, where we had Bullet Club War Dogs, Alex Coughlin and Gabe Kidd, defeat Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi. Another strong match where the War Dogs here are getting put over. I see what you did there. They're feeling ruthless. Um, They're not cheating. They're not doing the old Bullet Club fucking cheating. They're just beating no, the shit out of No, they're just being... Americans and that are well they're not cheating they're just being disrespectful heels it's great it's the classic Japanese gaijin shit and I love it it's like but bring it back old bullet club man it's cool and they fought like they had something to prove and their post-show interviews have been awesome I mean they're talking 
they're cutting some scathing promos. I think these guys are going to get over. And I, I'm excited to see where it goes from here because, I mean, they just beat Bishamon, who is the top team, the top tag in New Japan now that Aussie opens in AEW. So, yeah, I thought it was a nice touch. And we had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships where Bullet Club War Dogs, Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors defeated Catch-22. This was a different style of the War Dogs match, and it fucking worked. I Bro, it's what am David in love. Finley said, bring bodies or bring gold. I'm in they love with gold. the pairing of Drilla Maloney and Clark Connors. And they work so well. I mean, TJP and Akira are very, very... They can both be grapple-heavy wrestlers, where Maloney and Clark Connors are not. Straight up. They can do it, but that's not their style. They Maloney's a fucking strong style. He'll be, he's a beat-your-ass. He's fucking, you know, he's someone who's not going to be in the junior tag division for long. He's going to be in the heavyweight division within the year. Clark, I would almost describe as like a brawler, but like the Japanese style of brawler, like almost kind of like, I don't know who would be a good comp for that, but like, just think of that, you know, like a Japanese style brawler, which is a lot more hard hitting, but still does a lot of like, almost like I could see him developing if, if eventually like, you know, how Jay White became like the, like the white version of like the dude that just slams the shit out of you on your head type shit. Like with all the different suplexes and stuff like yep. I could see him developing into something similar to that in terms of like the wrestling style, just because I mean, he hits pretty hard. He's, he's not got a big frame. Like Maloney looks like he's going to murder you in an alley. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, yeah. you know, but like, you know, he's going to take your lunch money, but like, you know, but Clark, I feel like he's deceptively big. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. way more cut. Now again, it's just the difference in their builds. But I think they're both starting to look a lot bigger since I think eventually they are going to move up to heavyweight. Because I don't think I know where they're at right now. But I I think that's just yeah. I think Drilla might technically be a heavyweight right now, but they're just going to do what he, they're going to do what they got to do to get him. He looks great. Into the though. company. Um. Yeah. Spear off the top rope for the victory. I think this is the right decision. And our junior tag division is looking fucking spicy. So, it's looking really nice. We have the exciting encounter Doomsday no disqualification match where we had El Desperado and Jun Kasai defeat John Moxley and Homicide. To no surprise here, this was the violent, bloody fucking death match, if you will. John, there was images I only remember viral. one spot from this match, and it was the the sticks. What the fuck are they like? Skewers. The, like fucking the skewers. You throw oh, on the God. Grill. Fucking Moxley got skewered. This June Kasai was for the fucking... image of the skewers in Moxley's head is one of the most fucked things I've ever seen in wrestling. I think this match was a draw. Uh, the crowd was fucking into it. Wow, were they into this? Yeah, this was bloody. It was disgusting. It was you know, homicides finishers. The cop killer. <laughs> um, I know, bro. Like what the fuck. But Jun Kasai, this guy, I am, I'll be honest, I, I'm unfamiliar with his work, and I thought he was awesome. He was he was really cool. So, he, he seems to be a Japanese deathmatch wrestling legend. Uh, he has been dubbed the crazy monkey. I mean, you name it. So, he, he was pretty fun. And yes, that was the, the, the closer of night one. But as they do, they did a night two. And night two, we opened up with uh, Master Wado, Oleg Bolton, and Ryusuke Taguchi defeating Dragon Libre, Rekka, and Takahiro Katori. We then jumped to Satoshi Kojima defeating Oscar Luebe. Cool to see uh, Satoshi Kojima back in uh, New Japan right after his AEW uh, match against Punk. That was so awesome. 
Catch-22 defeated Homicide and Ryohei Oiwa. Um, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match where Bullet Club War Dogs, Clark Connors and Drillo Maloney, defeated Chaos, Rocky Romero, and Yo. Yeah, um, as their first title defense, this is fucking awesome. This tag team title reign is going to be incredible. And I can't wait for the tag league because it's only going to heat up even more. So, Alex Zane and Lance Archer defeated TMDK, which was Bad Dude Tito and Kosei Fujita. Again, another pretty interesting, intriguing match. And after the match, Alex Zane and Lance Archer dubbed their new team name Murder Sauce. So I could see them teaming up together from here on out. And that could be something we see in Ring of Honor. I'd like to see these guys wrestle together in Ring of Honor. So Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Hiroshi Tanahashi, the DKC, and Tomohiro Ishii defeated Team Filthy, which is Jorel Nelson, Royce Isaacs, and Tom Lawler. Perfectly fine. It was kind of cool seeing uh, Tom Lawler and Tanahashi in the same ring. They announced Wrestle Kingdom. It's going to be a one-night slot, and they showed the new logo January 4th. Awesome, awesome, awesome. New Japan Strong Women's Championship. Title change. Julia has defeated Willow Nightingale. I gotta tell you, this match was fucking awesome. Um, yeah, this was a slapper, bud. This del- I had some high expectations going in, and it delivered. And honestly, this could be Julia's ticket to America, and I would love nothing more than for her to show up on one AEW show. I would be so happy. So freaking happy. I honestly think that Julia versus Jamie would have been the plan for for uh, Forbidden Door oh, if, if they had been so able cool. to do that. Um, I think the only reason we didn't really get um, a women's match, because it's two years in a row we've gotten two women from AEW facing each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. We need to get some of the Japanese women talent. And there is a relationship between Stardom and New Japan now. Yeah, so. it's all it's all, or it's all uh, Bushiroad. It's all owned by the same parent company. So we should be able to make this happen next Forbidden Door. I think they just want it to be Jamie or Britt or Ruby. Or I mean, who knows? It might have been the Mercedes, or... and that technically would have been New Japan. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. that It would make, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know who they want it to be or what they want the situation to be, but clearly there's something not happening. Something's not clicking here that just it needs to click. That's all I know. Yeah. IWGP Tag Team Championship, Bishamon defeated Bullet Club War Dogs. Uh, this was Alex Coughlin and Gabe Kidd. Not as good as their first match that they had the night before, but it was still pretty good. And I, I again, I'm keeping an eye on this team. And it was a good idea to break up these titles. You don't need one tag team to have both titles. So I'm fine with that. New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship. Eddie Kingston defeated Kenta. Eddie Kingston has gold in New Japan Pro Wrestling. The New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship has now, I believe Eddie's the fourth winner. It was Tom Lawler, uh, Fred Rosser, Kenta, and now Eddie Kingston. So it's continuing a Big good lineage. Big Eddie, huge. huge. You know. Eddie was super emotional after the match. And he got a good match out of Kenta here, which as, as, <laughs> as I was reading, people are saying, you know, Kenta can be very hit or miss. But this time he hit, so... A really good match. Bro, there was a Kenta match. Like, was, was it Kenta versus Leo that we were just like, bro, how is this the two of them having this match right now? Like, what? Yeah, and it's unfortunate that it can sometimes be stinkers, but this was not the case. 
And then our main event, yeah. the final death match, where John Moxley defeated El Desperado. Unbelievably, extremely violent. Um, they did everything, and they beat the Quite shit literally out of each everything. Other. The only thing they didn't do was like thumbtacks or glass. The only thing which... that, or set each other on fire. I mean, they went into the crowd. <laughs> it was awesome. So, if you're into death matches and you're into John Moxley style, that's one worth checking out for sure. But yeah, it was it was cool. It's cool to see Moxley main event two to Japan shows, and then he's heading back to America to do his thing over here. So it's like it's really cool. That being said, let me not waste your time anymore. Let's jump into Ring of Honor this week. We'll get you those results and spend some time on some of the stuff like we do. And I believe we are on to Ring of Honor Honor Club episode nineteen already. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. Episode 20 coming up. They better do something special. I better get a fucking Episode Athena t- beating the piss out of a young, a young fucking lion from stardom, you know? Yeah. Young lioness. I don't know what that would be. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm down um, with lioness. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we opened up the show with Gringo Loco taking on Commander. Um, they were just cheesing at each other to start off this match, bro. They knew what they were about to do out there. Um, I'm just really impressed by the unique lucha, lucha spots that uh, Commander does. Like, he does stuff that nobody else does, which is insane because, like, everything has been done somehow. And yet, like, he's like, you know, someone, I think it was Riccoboni threw, or maybe it was Caprice, it was one of the two of them threw out the idea that it's clear that these guys grew up watching, like, Rey Mysterio and that age of luchadors because they do the kind of stuff they did, not the kind of stuff that old luchadors did. So it's just interesting how it's changed. Um... There's some really crisp palm strikes from Gringo here. Uh, the crowd was so into Gringo. I love that Gringo has become one of Ring of Honor's favorite, one of the crowd's favorite, because of how just he came in on a random episode against El Hio del Vikingo because he was in a feud with him at the time in AAA or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, And he now he's signed to Ring of Honor. Probably wasn't going to do much in AAA, I'm guessing, because it doesn't sound like... I mean, if he was able to get brought into Ring of Honor the way he was, you'd think he's not that important over there. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Um, so he used the opportunity that they gave him to spring that into a potential um, career in America. Anyway, I just think that's cool. Um, uh, he hit the uh, what the I called the locomotion, but the uh, the sort of what is it called the oh god, like the um, what are they when they run up and they do the flip? What is that called? Um, uh, shit, ah, I'm not sure. Because he hits one off the top rope. It's called the C4 anyway. I can't think of what it's actually called. I use that move all the time whenever I have luchador characters in um, WWE 2K. But um, fuck, what is it called? It's a good move. Anyway, um, the point is he hits that C4 off the top. um, And then there was a reversal of that. gets popped up into a cutter. Uh, There was a powerbomb on the guardrail, which is a spot you don't see that often. So I took note of it. Like, damn, that was brutal. Just powerbomb him on the guardrail. Um, They hit a cutter off the top rope, uh, which is just a great spot. And I haven't seen that much, you know. Uh, And Gringo is on the second rope. And Commander hit a spring and hit a Hurricane Rana, which he rolled out of with a Gigabrain rollout. Because, you know, he he was matching him for every bit of lucha that he had, despite being a bigger guy. You know what I mean? He was just matching him every move for move, which is why I think Gringo is so over because he just he doesn't look like a man there or like these other guys that do this lucha shit, but he does move. He moves just yeah. as well as they do. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's fun to watch. Um, then after that, he uh, is hit with a two springboard. So I say it, I called it a two spring. So he springed off twice. So he sprung once and sprung off the other. Uh, so we're on the turnbuckle. 
there's like one rope going one way, one rope going. He springs off the first rope, isn't lined up perfectly to hit the move, so he springs to the other rope and then hits it. It's the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen. First 450. <laughs> for a springboard 450 for the win. Yeah. The Ring of Honor is going nuts this, this week. It's going to be, that's not even the last match that's going to be good on the show. So strap in. <clears throat> Excuse me. We had Big Bill and Lee Moriarty backstage talking about winning tag team gold. And uh, I really like this tag team. I really hope they do more with them. I'm glad we got a promo segment with them. We got to hear from them. I thought they both sounded good here. Um, Daniel Garcia took on Christopher Daniels, not who I would have had Garcia wrestling. Just going to be honest. Um, but well, I'll point this out. Daniel Garcia right now is wrestling the same style that led N- Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson both to the world championship and to the pure championship. So, and he's already been pure champion. So, I'm just saying, yep. it's a good chance that he could be Ring of Honor world champion relatively soon. Not like soon, soon, but like eventually, you know? Uh, I think that's a good possibility. Uh, definitely at least pure champion again. I mean, so Shabbat is going to have to lose to somebody eventually, right? So, um, and he's using the rules for his, like, in his intelligence and stuff like that. He's not using wrestling moves to beat people every time he's using the rules against but i just dig that you know what i mean it's it's different um he picked up the win on a really interesting move i don't know what it was called but it was cool looking um and then he tried to dance on aubrey edwards uh, which she was not into at all um <laughs> even hit her with a little spin <laughs> yeah he's trying to he's he's trying to do he's the rizzler was out um Speaking of the Rizzler, Willie Mack backstage with Lexi, trying hey. to spit some game because he's about to enter the $25,000 scramble. And I, I I think him and Lexi probably went on a date, bro. I'll be honest with you. I don't care if it was just for the cameras. That's my headcanon. All right. Um, Gates of Agony with Prince Nana took on Andretti and Darius Martin. And it had to end at some point, Charlie. They had too much momentum without Dante here. They had to be cast down eventually. Um, and if it was going to be this team, it's a good team to do it against. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think they did a really good job of selling for the big bad boys, the big bads, the big bad guys, you know, cause I think a lot of us think Samoa Joe is the big bad of ring of honor, but honestly, bro, it's the gates. They are the big evil motherfuckers of the show. You know what I mean? Like agreed. Um, they've been, they've including been Brian cage. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they got some stuff in themselves. Not really though. Uh, they got a visual pin on con. Don't know why they decided to do that con. Why? You know, anyway, uh because nana was distracting nana almost cost him the match i guess maybe they're trying to separate him from the group eventually or something i don't know what, uh, but they opened the gates on andretti pick up the win the righteous took on some jobbers uh it was like a pretty quick attack and they beat him down with aggression and then they hit him with a triple team slam and it was over pretty quick we had brandon and brent the boys taking on lee moriarty and large william um the boys tried to use a looseness to get the win but the big meat uh, took him out, and uh, then you got uh, Moriarty doing his thang and locked him up in some holds, and then there was a flying knee leg lariat kick thing. I don't know whatever it was. I think it was leg lariat, but I, I don't know wrestling moves well enough. To, to, so, But whatever. Uh, and uh, then Moriarty got the pin off of that leg lariat thing. Um, Athena took on Celestia Sparks for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship in a proving ground match. Uh, I guess it was for a match at the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, I suppose I should say. Uh, I guess she had uh, history in Ring of Honor back in the day when they had a Ring of Honor Women's Division, so that's pretty cool. I love her finishing this match with the forearm. It's just, I love that that's her finish, a finishing move for her now because she's one shot at people with it before, you know? So, yeah. 
it should be a it should be like Claudio's uppercut at this point. You know what I mean? Where it just can knock you out if he just catches you wrong. You know, Mama said knock you out. Hit her with the belt after the match. Still not really sure who she's facing next. It doesn't seem like because they haven't had anybody come out and make the save or anything. So I mean, maybe Sky Blue, but I mean, I, I she didn't make the save here, so eh, whatever. JD Drake took on Tony Nice and Mark Briscoe. Just a random triple threat they just threw on this show. I wasn't sure why at the time. It made sense in retrospect, but I didn't understand it when I first saw this. I was like, why is there just a random triple threat? So JD Drake versus Tony Nice versus Mark Briscoe. Nice offered to do group training when it was just him and JD in the ring. And then uh, Mark Briscoe's music hit because he was like, this is, this is really lame. Why are we doing this? You know, um, I do like a random triple threat. The heels did team up a little bit, but not really. And then uh, we had a Drake slam from JD. Um, I actually need to look at my at the at the link you sent me to even know how this match ended. Because apparently, I didn't write it down. Um, it wasn't that interesting. I, I just, believe it was I, a J driller. That uh, that makes sense. I'll, let's just go with that. If it wasn't, then is it was the frog? Yeah, well. yeah. It was, it was a J driller on Tony Nice, I believe. That makes sense. Tony Nice is in there just to take the pin. Um. We got a little update about Eddie Kingston winging, winging, winning the never open weight championship. I believe at this point in the show, love seeing that. Um, Makes me happy. And we also cut to Eddie Kingston, who made a video while he was in New Japan, uh, having just won the championship on Independence Day. And he says to Mark Briscoe to not go after the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, but to be the one to go after Claudio Castagnoli at Death Before Dishonor for the Ring of Honor World Championship, because. <laughs> I agree with everything that Eddie Kingston said here. As much as I loved and was going with the idea that he should go for that, you know, because they weren't ready clearly to throw him in the world title convention yet. Yeah. They should have just gone for it as soon as he they started pushing him, though. Like, back when they gave him that dynamite match, right after his brother died, he probably should have been going after Claudio then. I know he wasn't a heel yet, but they, they probably should have been. Uh, anyway, um, but, you know, you, you sometimes you don't know these things. Then Claudio comes into the frame. He cuts a scathing and brutal promo about how Mark Briscoe will never be good enough to match his brother. And that the <laughs> only reason why he's going to give him this shot now is because he needs to prove to him that he's not as good as him. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> you want to get some heat on your world title match? This is how you do it. The match is going to bang. Um, this might be the best match of Claudio's title reign so far because of the drama involved. Anyway, Diamante took on Vanessa Craven. Uh, Vanessa Craven was the big lady from the cruiser, or not cruiserweight, from the uh, May Young Classic in 2017, I think. Um, so people knew who she was. She was a very, uh, very big woman. Uh, was very, very hard to pay attention during this match. She's very big. Um, I'm sorry, I can't help myself. I'm an animal. Um, good match though. I, I think it was good anyway. I, I, I don't actually know. Um, I, I, she looked good though. Anyway, um. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. No, actually, I did actually like. Uh, there was a really short match. There, there, that's yeah. why I'm joking about it because obviously I like I like the big ladies. Everyone knows, but um, uh, but Diamante, we you know obviously fully contracted now or whatever, so that's cool. Um, obviously that makes sense. She gets this match here. Um, you know, I guess if you like your May your May your your May Young Classic stuff, uh, then I guess I guess yeah. Anyway, moving on. We had the six-man mayhem match between Dalton Castle, Brian Cage, scramble. Josh Woods, Trent Seven, what? And Shane Taylor. What the fuck was Trent Seven doing here, bro? Anyway. I don't, that um, I don't know. 
Oh, and Willie Mack, of course, for $25,000. We only have two bucks, but we're going to give you $25,000. Anyway, um, sorry. Anyway. Uh, there was a really nice deadlift by Trent, or, or sorry, on Trent by Josh Woods at one point. That guy is strong. Um, this match just kind of lacked speed and energy, and I don't know why. There was good people in it. Big it just strong didn't, just didn't really get anywhere, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. No, um, I, I actually agree. It stunners for everybody from from uh from Willie and then Cage wins on a roll up. What what a weird match. It kind of did not fit with the rest of everything else happening on this show. We had a six and an, all right, now let's move on to the main event. The thing everybody wants to talk about from this show, the big deal, the big cheese. Uh six person mixed tag main event. The infantry with Trisha Dora. I guess it's just fair to call her part of the infantry at this point. Yep. Versus the kingdom. Maria Canellas, Mike Bennett, and I'm Matt Taven. Um, so Maria Canellis said, uh, I'm not medically cleared. So we're going to have somebody come out and wrestle for me. And it was fucking Layla Hirsch, which I was not expecting. Um, welcome back. So, yeah. One we've been waiting for, for God, it feels like over a year at this point, you know, like it might, she be. was one of those ones that while we were watching dark, when we were first starting to review dark, um, she jumped off our screens and I feel like us and other people were seeing that at the same time it was with her. Cause she was getting it come up in the wrestling world at the time. People were starting to use her on the Indies a whole bunch. And all of a sudden she started getting used by AEW. So I'm, I'm not saying we had anything to do with it, but I think other shows like ours exist out there and existed and were already established at the time. We're probably saying the same things about her. Cause she got a big push all of a sudden, like it was cool. Cause we were like, we should, they should push this girl. And then they did. It was awesome. Yep. And then she got hurt. It was like the worst oh, timing. The worst I think timing. she could have, bro. I think she could have gone on to either be a TBS champion or at least she might've beaten fucking baby face Brit eventually. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't think it's that far stretched. She, she could have, I mean, she was on a trajectory toward the world title. People will have to just believe me. And if you don't believe me, go back and listen to how I was talking to her at the time before she got hurt on the podcast. I, I'm telling you, I think she was at least on the trajectory toward the TBS title and certainly, certainly could have potentially won it off of, um, won the world title off of, uh, somebody, you know, I don't know who, but somebody. Maybe off of, maybe that's how you, maybe that would have been your solution to Thunder Rosa if yeah. it doesn't work out with her. Who knows? Um, anyway. Um, so yeah, we had the return of Layla Hirsch here. I would like to see these two women, uh, have a singles match. I think that'd be really good. Um, and there was a lawn dart into the Nards at one point. That was a, that was a fun spot. Uh, right. The Nards, um, Maria and Mike, uh, did a distraction and then lay locked in a cross arm breaker. So she goes backstage after the match and says, no, I'm not part of the kingdom. Fuck you. I'm just here to beat the shit out of people. And they provided me with the opportunity. So I did it. Um, so Fitting she's going to be in ring of honor. It looks like, um, which is a good spot for her. Cause she could be, they could easily, I mean, it's going to be tough for her to be the same gimmick as Athena at the same time. But I mean, I think if they have a match at death before dishonor, that's Layla Hirsch and it's Athena and they're basically the same character. And it's just, who's the baddest bitch on the block. I don't know. There's something there. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, no, there's something there. I, I kind of almost want that to be heel versus heel. I mean, or you could slowly start. I, I actually know. I think Athena's too far gone. I don't think she can ever go back to being a babyface. <laughs> or maybe, maybe I'm wrong though. It'd be hard. Yeah, Imagine if you, all right, if you had to try and start turning, 
if you had to start turning Athena babyface right now, not right now while she was champion, but like if you it's post her championship, what would be? I don't even know where you start, bro. Yeah, she's done know. so much evil. She's she's she is and she's a dark lord of the Sith. If we're being point. honest, it's probably time away into a return. Yeah, really. And if you want, and I don't know why you do that because she's so goddamn over right now. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean that's probably realistically the only way she goes back to being babyface. So we might have a heel Athena for a couple of years here, you know, unless she decides to take some time off, which she might after the championship reign, bro. She's been killing it. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving the work, honestly. Yeah. And that, and that was the end of a uh, ring of honor episode. <laughs> ring of God. Ring of God. Yeah. Ricky. Solid episode. Solid episode. I'm hoping we get more development on death before dishonor. How can we get more development on Stu versus the Dark Order? I mean, if you like, yeah, they've been sucked into the elite few. They need to be sucked back out. We need to give them the good suck on both sides. Fucking triple way sucking. <laughs> more tongue action. God damn it! <laughs> All right, AW Dynamite. My turn to take the wheel here. You know the vibes. We open us up. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Uh, we actually get a little a prepackage to the uh, match we're about to have. Where Darby oh, Allen's something talk- I forgot to uh, – actually, never mind. I'll bring that up later. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Darby Allen's talking to Keith Lee. He's pretty much saying, look, man, I want to face the real Keith Lee. You feel uh, – you've been lost in the shuffle since the tag titles. Do something about it. Pull his head out of his ass instead of pouting on the apron. Allen walked away, and Keith Lee smirked. And he said that was both ballsy and stupid. And Taz kind of said, hey, man, don't poke the bear. <laughs> fucking do it. We open us up with just a fucking – Awesome tag match. I, I love this new characterization at Darby where he just has confidence now. And yeah. He just doesn't care. He's like, I'm now, I'm, I, he's, I think, I think I said he needed to win a title or something like that, but I don't, I think he's ascended. I don't think he's Sir Darbington anymore. I think he's Lord Darbington of House Lord, Allen. Lord Darbington of House Allen. I dig it. And then two guys that are destined to dance forever, and that's Darby Allen and Swerve Strickland. They will have a match for an AEW World Championship at some point. And it's, it's not a coincidence. They're, they're destined to dance here. Where we have Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen defeat Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Ugh, so much fun. Um, Allen and Cassidy were tossed around like fucking ragdolls by Keith Lee. It Bro, it was like three seconds into the match. He was pissed at Darby. He, was he just pissed. chucked his he let ass. Him know. He said, Yay! It looked like the injuries would be the downfall of them both, but it wasn't. It was the miscommunication from Swerve in our glory. Swerve still hates Keith Lee. I oh, God, I love seeing these guys as a tag team. They're so good. Um, that goes for both of these teams, actually. But seeing Keith Lee and Swerve reunited here was awesome. Even though they weren't on the same page, you could still... It just... I, I kind of missed it already because how well they worked as a team. It wasn't just tossing two single stars together. No, it, they gelled. And they gelled fucking awesome. And yeah, I got to tell you, I was all in on this. And then the post-match is where it really got... It starts to heat up. Um, any thoughts on this match uh, other than what we were just talking about? It's just fucking fun match, man. Like, fun. Uh, yeah, there was this double sledge that Keith Lee hit at one point that just removed the soul of a person. That was amazing. Um, there was a uh, Darby and uh, Darby had and Swerve had a really good sequence together. You can just tell that those guys just know each other. Uh, there was a Tower of Death with a suplex in it that just looked like death. Again, there was just death. This match was death. Oh, Darby get trapped under the stairs, bro. That was funny. Oh, yes. So good. Bro. Oh, my God. And then Lee walking up the steps with the guy on his shoulders. Oh, dude. Darby is just hurt. I I, I, I probably did. Like, 
so freaking good. How could it not? Like, goddamn. So good. And after the match, the long... I like this match ending on a Last Supper, too. That's exactly how this team should win. And Keith Lee giving the fist bumps to the baby faces is a nice touch at the end. He had a nice smirk. I'd like to see Keith Lee go for that title. Give me Keith Lee and OC. Be a fun fucking match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know how Keith Lee doesn't win that match. Hey, maybe it's time. Keith Lee's feeling back, to say the least, these past couple weeks. So I'm glad he's getting worked into. Uh, if this is a benefit of spreading out our our wealth in uh, the elite verse and the punk verse, I'm fine with having Keith Lee getting more shine. So the long-awaited time it's become. We see footage of the Buddy Wayne Academy. Darby Allen talking about a young Nick Wayne running around while they were training as eight years old. Allen talked about Buddy passing away and the anger he had when receiving the news. He made a pact with himself to watch over Nick Wayne and make sure he gets everything he ever wanted in life. It just so happens that was wrestling. Allen recommended Tony Khan watching Nick's matches. And at 16, he was offered a con- an AEW contract. He's now 18. And the time in an AEW ring is coming soon. Uh, if if you guys are interested at all in a Nick Wayne match, go watch Swerve versus Nick Wayne in Seattle for the Defy Championship. You will not waste your time. He'll give you everything you need to know. And the coin, you know what's funny about that? Guess who he's wrestling first? Swerve Strickland. Fucking awesome to see. I I I can't tell you. I am so excited for this. This is. You know what? If if last year our number one draft pick was Kenosuke Takeshita, this year our number one draft pick is Nick Wayne, and I am very excited to see what he brings to the table. I think he's going to. Oh no, man! There's a strong argument that number one draft pick for last year was Sky Blue. Could be, could be, but I'm still taking Takeshita, and I got to tell you, I think this year it's going to be Nick Wayne. I think he's going to walk in. And he's going to be the, I the crowd. Takeshi more of like a free agent side. The crowd's you know going to embrace him right away, and I, I truly believe they're going to embrace him instantly because he's going to go out there. This I, I want to say this now, just like when Vikingo made his AEW debut, they made it a big deal. I think they're mm-hmm. going to make this a big deal, and they're going to treat him as an attraction, just like they did Vikingo. Because look where he is now. Vikingo wrestles all the time, whether it's Dynamite, Rampage, or Ring of Honor. He will be there. And that's what I think we're going to see with Nick Wayne. I think we're going to see him fully flushed into the roster. And I don't want him to beat Swerve, and I don't think he's going to. It didn't hurt Vikingo to lose on his first match. It's like it's not going to hurt Nick Wayne to lose on his first. So, very excited for this, to say the least. Um, Tony Schiavone is backstage waiting for Jungle Boy Jack Perry to arrive. Perry said he's not a thug like Hook. They need to fight in the ring like professionals, so he's going to go to Tony Khan's office to demand an FTW title match, which I'm sure we can book that at uh, Battle of the Belts. Hook came bursting into the shot. He got in a few shots of Perry before his car took off for the second week in a row. It's a fine development. I'm glad they touched on it, right? So nothing nothing out of this world, but just thickening the plot of their uh, story, if you will. Thickening. And here's where I have to tell everyone where I was wrong. We get bonding time between MJF and Adam Cole. Son of a bitch, I was wrong. At first, I was so against these guys tagging. I was not feeling it. I'm still not into the blind eliminator tag tournament. That in itself is a yeah, dumb idea. Yeah, I still idea. don't get that at all. But <laughs> I, I, I was not feeling this tag, and I have to admit I was wrong because holy shit, 
Is it working? Um, so we get bonding time of these guys, you know, broing out, working out. They're they're training at the gym. MJF's doing reps on the bench. Adam Cole's looking at his phone. He doesn't give a fuck about this guy. You know what I mean? MJF's making fun of another person. Cole said, dude, that's not cool. They both – they said, you know who he reminds me of? And at the same time, Tony Schiavone. And Adam Cole kind of gets his look at his face like, oh, no. What's happening? I will say – I just have to say this. Th- this is exactly the same thing that they did with, with Jericho and MJF, like to an exact degree. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just throwing out – I'm just pointing out that MJF is a little repetitive sometimes. Maybe he's so desperate for a friend, he just embraces them fully. And, you know, I thought they were going to go a similar route than they did with Sammy Guevara as well. But it seems like MJF actually wants to be. I that's why I like the same one because it was different. They wants to be just, uh, Adam. They Cole's made friend. it different, you know. They also didn't do any segments like this. You know what I mean? With that, this they just two were minute on segment. TV I fucking loved it so much, and it it was a precursor to what's coming after. And yeah, Cole ends up doing an insane amount of reps on the bench, and MJF's like shook because it, being the strongest guy is MJF's thing. He he's the biggest guy in the building, you know. He, he's the one that can do the most weight, you know. He can hit the most reps. So uh, I thought as a precursor to what comes later, what comes later is my favorite segment of the year right now. It's already been passed in three weeks. And uh, real quick, we had a acclaimed and daddy asked to feed the butcher or the blade and the Bollywood boys. They addressed that those guys are teaming up because of, uh, you know, they're uh, the, the butcher has a match. So the blades getting a match as well. Uh, this match was whatever. Harley camera came on the screen and, Yep, it, it it was a whole bunch of nothing. Eddie Kingston, little highlights from New Japan. I like that they're touching that now. Um, Moxley told Kingston... Is it sad that I can tell you the exact game of Cold War I was playing during that acclaimed wristblade and Bollywood Boys match, which was a <laughs> game of, of WMD? I believe it, I believe it. Uh, yeah, no, that was dog shit. Um, it, it, at least the acclaimed are funny. You know, they'll always have that, but sometimes the matches don't work. Eddie Kingston said... Or Moxley told Eddie Kingston he should let the past be the past and told Kingston to answer his phone. And blood and guts, there's an empty slot on each team. So, again, they're teasing Eddie Kingston being a member. Renee Paquette is backstage with RJ City and Matt Hardy. He's waiting to find out his partner in the Blind Eliminated Tournament. RJ told him it's Jeff. Matt got excited, but not Hardy, Jarrett. And he kind of walks away saying, I hate that guy. I'm not going to spend much time on this. Chris Jericho's out there gloating. Uh, Callus walks in, makes him an offer to join his Don Callis. Bro, I got to ask you a question. Did, up until the point where Don Callis arrived, did you feel like he was cutting a babyface promo a little bit in Canada? <laughs> like, I feel oh, like definitely. he kind of was kind of. I feel like he was kind of doing the thing the Rock always does, where he was like, "Can I turn babyface to the crowd?" And of course, it's Canada, so they're gonna say yes. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, yeah. obviously, it didn't go that way. But it was a part of me that was like, "Yeah, I mean, I could deal with a babyface Jericho right now. It would make sense since he's breaking up the JAS, and maybe you turn some of those guys' babyface as well." You, I can't think of any super mega strong baby faces outside of the elite right now on that side. So I, they could use it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, uh, I don't need this. And, and to me, this feels like just crap if we're being straight up honest and I didn't care for the segment and I'm cool if these two never interact again, I'll get, you know, let them interact in Winnipeg and I'm cool with that. But Yeah. Why would Jericho join another? You think faction? they might be building toward I, the, the the vibe I got here, and maybe I'm wrong. Takeshita versus Jericho. 
if that's the case, fine. But I don't know. I just, just a vibe. I, I I don't I don't yeah. And by the way, I think some people think that him joining Don Callis's family would mean he's in the match or something. I don't think it's that simple. I think he would just be joining Don Callis's family. Yeah. Which I think is actually a separate faction from the BCC, technically. Yeah, technically, technically. Um, Owen Hart uh, packages, good stuff. Renee Vicacci's backstage wait, wait, with pause. No, no. With Doc <laughs> Samson and Roger Strong, who's in a neck brace. Samson said they need to be careful with Strong's injury history, but Strong said he feels fine. Adam Cole walks in, tells Strong to be careful. Strong questions the friendship between Cole and MJF. Cole then got a text from MJF, said he needs to go. He'd check up with Strong later. Okay. So we jump into a blind eliminator tournament quarterfinal. Where we have Matt Menard and the Butcher teaming up to take on MJF and Adam Cole. That's not a fair matchup, by the way. Magic Meat is what their name was. <laughs> Magic Meat. That sounds like a playlist. Um, so <laughs> pretty much MJF and Adam Cole. I mean, Meat Magic would be a completely different they, thing. Yeah, right. They run rough shop on them. And MJF is really wanting to hit a uh, – let me just say this. The entrances – MJF is fully embracing the Adam Cole thing. It was fucking goofy as hell. He's running laps around him. He's hitting the boom. I mean, this guy's having so much fun. And it's yet again one of those scenarios where MJF is a babyface tonight. Yeah, when he, he hasn't worked as a babyface um, since the Josh Allen thing. God, like, fuck, when was that? After double or nothing? When was that? After All Out last year? So we're going on. Uh, whenever a, him and Moxley face yeah, for the title. 11 months. Since the last time we've seen him work this babyface angle. And I fucking love it so much. I missed it. He was so good. He MGF is a world-class babyface, but he's also the best heel in the game. So, you know, you're stuck between a fucking... He's going to eventually do both. But when he does his babyface stuff, it's hilarious. And the whole... God damn it. The whole time, they're, he's, they're setting up this double clothesline that they're eventually going to hit together. I'm assuming this upcoming week. And... MJF just wants to work with them. And he uh Cole lowered the boom on Menard to pick up the win. So post-match, MJF takes the mic. He's asking the crowd, are there any devil worshippers here tonight? And they get to, he gets a pop. There's signs like, oh my god, is Alberta, Canada just one of his new towns? Is this the way it is? As long as No, 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 no. Every town is an MJF town. Have you is, heard the booze? This is true too. He asked if there are fans of a guy with a super over name. And he told Cole, he's like, hey, man, do the thing, do the thing. And he, he did it. Adam Cole, baby. And Jeff said they should have another bro session this weekend. And, and I picture this as like, if we're trying to get like super layered into this character, MGF is such a loner at this point. Because he's fucking ruined the trust. No, we need we need everyone. we need some we need some sneaky shit to be going on in the background that we yeah, don't we, know about. MGF fucking, is we need Roderick Strong to be running fucking stealth ops and find a secret. Oh, and I'm down with that. But MJF has absolutely ruined the trust of everyone he's ever been friends with. So at this point, he's so desperate for a friend that he's and he's covered before. I he's, hope this ends with them winning like the title shot, but MJF betraying him and like they just don't do anything with it or something like that yeah. because he betrays him. It could be fun. And and the way that we like pay that off is it's going to lead to some kind of tag match. I'm not sure who will be his partners, but you have Roddy make the save, and then I don't know, maybe the firm or somebody from the firm, like Big Bill, comes out and helps him. Somebody helps MJF, like set up something. You know what I mean? Where yeah, he, he can, can do something with it. And um, Adam, he gets and, an assist. And MJF and is then, so desperate for a friend that he's doing anything and everything, right? Okay. So 
he he wants the bro session. The crowd's chanting yes, and Adam Cole's he's he, Adam Cole is the ultimate white meat babyface. So of course he's going to agree. MGF then he's like one more thing. He wishes him a happy birthday. Streamers fall on him. There's backstage workers coming out with party hats, getting handed out to the crowd. There's a cake. MGF puts a hat on Cole. He starts serenading him with his with his beautiful singing voice. Just just wonderful. Um, Cole stops him. He's like, I appreciate it, but he's done enough. Yeah, being as talented as MJF should be illegal. <laughs> he chanted with the crowd to make a wish. MJF looked at the camera and said he's going to shove Cole's face into the cake. And But this is all tongue-in-cheek. This isn't like a heel version of it. Cole turns the tables, puts MJF into the cake. Cole then, uh, he actually thanked MJF for celebrating his birthday. He said, thank you, my friend. And he went back to the back smirk. <laughs> thank you for being a friend. And, you know, if we're trying to look at this as a kayfabe, right? I believe now Adam Cole. He does hey, still babe. have his he does still have his fences up. But I think he realizes, and he could use this to his advantage, how desperate MJF is to want another friend in his life. But is MJF gonna be the the devil all along? Is he actually gonna snake him in the end, like you were just saying? This and that and I, I think he will, because I think that's when we get Kyle back. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. But um God, I gotta tell you, this segment really, really worked for me. And like I said, I think it's my favorite segment of the year right now. I have been in love with so much stuff that MJF is doing in, in his matches. And not every promo's worked this year, but the ones that have have really worked. And to see this other side of him, and this is just my kind of shit. I like when, when this stuff happens. And it was so unexpected because of how against I was this this tournament. And I'm still not in love with the tournament, right? I, the tournament in itself is kind of fucking lame. But if we can get stuff like this out of it, and if we say we, even the previous match we just did, if we rekindle the Swerve and, and Keith Lee thing where we actually get the closing match, right? Maybe, hopefully it's at Blood and Guts. And we get their final closing. We get a singles match. We kind of what I expected for this, this chapter was that all the teams are going to be either somebody with history or either people that are have. You know what I mean? Like I thought maybe yeah. we would set up Jeff Jarrett versus Matt Hardy. You know what I mean? And maybe we will, but it didn't seem like they were going that direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, any of the thoughts you had on this? And uh, I guess Adam Cole, MJF, the uh, their worlds might collide against FTR. Might be fun. Yeah. I mean that match. Those two versus FTR, I mean, get the fuck out of here. That's I mean, that would be, be awesome if they have a real match. <laughs> I mean, they better have a real we match. Might you start, can't put I'm, those two I against those two. I think we can picture the, FTR's, like, the vision now, right? Like, we're starting to see that, oh, yeah, they're going to start cooking up again. We're getting back to FTR of last year. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They had their time. They got their title run in, you know what I mean? Well, I should say they got their titles, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's time though. Um, I would not have expected this to be so goddamn good going in. I mean, it's MJF, but you know, you don't ever expect exactly. It to be this it's good. MJF, but still, you it surprises you. Hmm. I guess that's what makes him so good. But you know, anyway, I actually lost it when he started singing "Happy Birthday." <laughs> like I, I, I full fucking fledged was laughing my ass off. I didn't even know it was Adam Cole's birthday. I feel kind of bad. <laughs> Not that it's my responsibility to know, but I should Adam Cole, bye bye. Adam All Cole, right. birthday, birthday boy, birthday boy. All right, and then we, um, Renee Piquette's interviewing Britt Baker's. Yes, her thoughts on Soho. Baker shows off her title. 
I don't know. What I'm sorry, is. you can't have Britt Baker and Adam Cole in segments back to back and not have them be like. I know they're separate people. I know they have separate careers. You can't not ask her about that, right? Right? I I I, I don't know what's going on with that. If we're being straight up honest, I I, I mean I know she's focused on Ruby, but 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 that's her husband. Or oh, they're not married, are they? Are they married? Nope. But that's her. That's her boyfriend. You know what I mean? They live together. You know, like. Yeah, I assume she's involved in this situation somewhat. You're giving him somewhat. Uh, yeah, I assume at some point she went. I'm like MJF, really? I mean, hey, man, it's not my fault. We got teamed up. You know, <laughs> I'm saying like, yeah. And it, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm so torn. I am so torn on some of the shit that's uh. I mean, you could literally have just done the two seg because there was two back to back segments backs that you could have just done them in a different order. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I don't have to ask this question, but I feel like I feel like I I I thought it was weird, and sometimes I'll think things like this are weird, and you'll be like, "Eh, it's fine." But I, I you agreed with me, and I was like, "Yeah, no, it's really fucking weird that you just had the no," because it was running through my mind too. So, yeah, whatever, whatever, we, yeah. you, can't, you, can't, you can't expect everybody to know these things. It's just like, you know, it's something that you wouldn't think, but it makes a lot more sense because even if it's just a throwaway, uh, he can do, you know, it, Adam's his own person. Like, if that's literally the line. It takes two seconds and it doesn't matter. And it's yeah. not like it like make less sense because you didn't do that. It just feels weird. You know, like they yeah. are very connected people, you know, like, uh, They've been dressed on TV many times. So uh, we get a commercial. We get yeah, they that. didn't have an Owen Hart segment, an Owen Hart tournament finale segment where the two of them were holding up the championships together. That didn't happen, I swear. That, that's never been a thing, obviously. They don't sure. exist. Yeah. It, obviously, no, the wrestling lore doesn't count anymore. It's all it's all gone. Jericho, Dana Garcia, Sammy Guevara, they're all back there. Um, she's asking about, you know, what what's up with Callis earlier. Garcia said they need Jericho, but it's Jericho who said both. Garcia and Guevara need room to grow. Paquette informs them that it's Garcia and Guevara have been selected as partners in the Blind Eliminated Tournament. I wish, you know, the, it was just kind of one of those things of, hey, you guys are teaming. And, yeah, uh, it was kind of it, you know. Less sex gods, right? But I do have a question. Should any actual team that had teamed before that had been technically impossible to form? Like, is it weird that a team that was technically a team at one point... I just wish shit was more random. Got I mean, it just feels this feel. It, it doesn't feel like it was. You know, like Matt Menard and the Butcher feels random enough. Yep, exactly. But and same with Bill and Cage. And I think that pair right. So yeah. Whereas these two, it's just they're already a team. It's like what? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't feeling that. I guess somebody would get lucky, but it just seems weird. Like the one I liked the most was Matt Seidel and Trent Beretta because they're literally both tag team specialists. You know what I mean? Like, so we jump into our Owen Hart tournament match. Uh, where Ruby Soho takes on and defeats Britt Baker. I like the result here. I was not feeling the match. I don't know if it was because Britt was sick and she just looked horribly sloppy in this. I don't know if these two just don't have any chemistry, but I don't think that's true because at Double or Nothing last year, their match for the Owen Hart Tournament Final was pretty good. I I even think their match for the world title was... Really good back when. And, I remember that? That was one of the, her first matches was facing Britt, remember? Yeah. I thought she was going to win. And something in this match just didn't click. And I don't know. Sometimes Some people just have bad nights. So far removed from that. Ruby was a baby face. Yeah. 
the outcast just you gotten know, that song and now Britt baker is a baby face not the champion anymore oh, what what a wild what a wild couple of years to been you know yeah and i just i am so disappointed in this tournament and on the women's side dude i think the women's one got fucked by the timetable getting fucked by and when you when you yeah. add in these injuries like we'll get into it on collision, but Willow and Athena, that was the best match on paper and they pushed it to fucking rampage. I just, I just don't know, man. I just, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, what the fuck happened? How was the men's tournament? Didn't this happen so last solid. year with the women's too? Weren't there injuries in that one as well? well the like... women's, it was fine last year and it just, we even had really good matches. And I mean, this is like, what the fuck's going on? What happened between these two here? Seriously. And and I'm so sick of, I like the outcast. Honestly, I'm going to be honest. With you, I didn't really have a problem with the match. I, I thought it was fine. I didn't really care for it. it no, between, but... between their lack of chemistry and the outcast fucking shenanigans. That is the same, same fucking thing. Every single. I week. think you're just down on the outcast. I, I, I mean, it wasn't. I that think the long group's the fine as a total, but they. Pulled... That is a weird take to be like this match was bad, but the group is good. That is a weird take. Yes, the the group's fine, but they I just think the group is the problem in this. They match have to evolve. Fine. I think, I think that's, I think you have the backwards, my guy. They have to I'm just throwing that group. out there. No, because this was not Ruby's fault. This was Britt Baker, and you know it's. I I feel like I hate pointing it like that, but that was. I feel like I had to, um, but it's just, they need to move on. They need to figure something out. Let Ruby win this tournament, I guess. I, I Maybe she'll lose to Athena. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, this tournament has been an absolute failure on the women's side. And hopefully Athena and Willow, please God, they can have a match that we forget everything else that happened before it. And Athena had a good match with Billy Starks, so I will say that. It, that one's still saving us. Uh, Ruby has a stare-off with Blue, Sky Blue. We'll know, we, I, we know how that match is going to go. Let's be real. They're not going to change the fucking booking. We know exactly how the match is going to go. They're going to do shenanigans. They're going to fucking spray paint her. They're going to get kicked out. They're going to sneak back in, and fucking Ruby wins. Um, uh, We have a main event that was actually pretty fun. Uh, Kenny Omega defeats Wheeler Yuta. This is the right call. Yuta's been beating him all the time. Yuta's been picking up huge wins. But you're one-on-one with Kenny Omega, the god of pro wrestling. You don't beat him here. Um, The post-match felt unbelievably rushed. And I don't know if that was just because I was watching on TNT. Did did you catch the Fight TV version of this? Did it feel like that? I did. There was a lot of stuff right after the the broadcast went off the air. Uh, Yeah. Like like five minutes of stuff, it felt like. I I think Um, some timing got fucked up somewhere. Yeah, it must have. (laughs) Um, They got it all in as much as they could on the TV broadcast. But yeah, there was still stuff happening. There was like potential potential injuries set up by the storyline, by the stuff that happened at the end. Um, But you didn't get to see all that. Like. There was it was a very chaotic end. Um, the last ten minutes of this match, I would say, on was pretty chaotic. It was just go because they must have been it, told we don't have enough time. Get going, you know. And like, you know, to be in the ring with a Kenny Omega in a singles match in the main event of AW Dynamite, and to look like you belong in every sense of the word, and he felt like a star. He uh, Wheeler Yuta, duty. He's there. 
I think he's officially uh, – what's the right term I'm looking for here? He's been getting there, right? We see the big wins. We see the pinning of, of Kenny Omega at uh, Anarchy in the Arena, right? And now you look where he's at today. I'm so stoked for the guy. I, I think it's fair to say he's moved out of the mid card into the upper, the lower of, of the of the of the main. Or what do you call that? The lower of the main event, if you will. If he no longer feels out of place with those guys in the Blackpool Combat Club, and I think yeah, that's like, like the one best. I think that's like the best fucking compliment we could give him because he's in there with quite literally wrestling Hall of Famers in Claudio Moxley and Brian Danielson. So Hall of Famers in both companies, by the way. That is true. Yeah. It, the, yeah. They'd be WWE Hall of Famers as well. Yeah, Jesus. That's kind of nuts. Um, but uh, Don Callis came out. He was held back by security to catch the late Omega out with a blue thunder bomb. You to hit a follow up uh, with a massive splash. Got the two count. He went to climb the ropes. Omega punched through his legs to the face. Hit a one winged angel. He won the match. Claudio hit the ring. With Takeshita, they put he definitely boots. punched him in the dick, bro. Oh, yeah. He, they put boots on Omega. The Hung Bucks hit the ring. Chairs to even the odds. Ca- Claudio ate a BTE trigger. Page went for a chair shot, but the Dark Order ran in and took the chair away. And that led us to uh, AW Rampage. So, so, so I'm thinking the Elite, since this, this is going to be the big blow off to this feud, I think the Elite are going to have to fight the fucking Dark Order after this, bro. I think that's what's going to happen. And I think the Dark Order are going to bite the bullet and team up with the Righteous. I think that's where this is going, you know what I mean? And it, it could be very fun. That could be your 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 like next six months of AW like Dynamite television right there. You know what I mean? I would love for more people to get more eyes on this Dark Order, or this uh, the Righteous and Dark Order stuff. I honestly would as well. It feels like they want it to be known as well. I think they realize how good what Stu and them are doing is right now. You know what I mean? I think yeah. they realize they made a mistake by putting those two in Ring of Honor and not putting Vincent in, on on the main roster. You know what I mean? Like, I I I think <clears throat> I think that I think that duo will make their way to AEW eventually. If not with Stu, if not during this time, but eventually those two have to do this on AEW because it just it feels too much like what. Bray Wyatt was always going for, but could never quite achieve. And it makes you understand why they wanted these guys for that group so badly, you know, because they just get that kind of gimmick. They were clearly running this in their last bits in ring of honor. You know what I mean? And, uh, I'm, I, I honestly think that this could be something huge, you know, agreed. Um, agreed. So you guys hear me talk about it when I talk Ring of Honor. It's literally the most interesting thing on Ring of Honor right now that's not Athena, you know, like which is crazy because Samoa Joe is also a champion there, and you also have Mark Briscoe, and you also have the Kingdom, and you also have the the infantry, and you have Darius Martin and Andretti. I mean, the, Ring of Honor is just great right now. It's awesome. So we got eight of you Rampage episode one hundred. Rampage, baby. And we talked about that opening awesome match. After the match, we had a QTV segment recapping their recent successes. Harley Cameron still thinks she and Anthony Bones will make a great couple. Johnny TV had a great meme moment here where he kicked a perfectly good MP3 player into the trash just to show how much he hates the Acclaim's music. You can't just delete the tracks, Candy Johnny. You gotta fucking do a circle spin kick into the trash, which was actually epic. Um, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia defeat Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett. Do you know, Johnny TV is a perfect example of, he does things that nobody would ever want him or expect him to do, but he does them and it's just like, yeah, that, yeah, that checks out. That, that, that checks out. Like- <laughs> <laughs> uh, the highlight of this match was the delete versus dance off. Um, 
dueling chance, I guess, you know. Yeah, but it, just, it was fine. The, after the match, after Garcia got the blind tag. He pinned. He got the pin on Matt Hardy. GG. The GTH from Guevara set it up. So After the match, uh, Jeff Jarrett's crew jumped Matt Hardy. Brother Zay tried to make the save, but he was overwhelmed. And Satnam Singh picked him up 10 feet in the air and fucking cracked him. Ethan Page runs in. He even the odds chase the heels away. Uh, I babyface Ethan Page getting another shots first time since uh, collision we've seen. His him, redemption so. is nearly complete. I'm telling you, I still think the way you end this story is is Matt Hardy is accepting of him finally because he's redeemed himself. But he he sends him away because he needs to, he needs to go find his own path now. He led him in the right direction, but he he can't forgive all the transgressions against him. He has to go somewhere else now. I, I'm telling you, that's like dramatic and good end of the story, and I think people will react to it. This is the way. Um, Hikaru Shida. She's in. She's up next. She takes on uh, Marina Shafir. And, you know, I... Jericho is doing a good job putting over, kind of, that she's one of the four horsewomen. I think it, it is important to mention that. It's pretty cool. And this was quick. Very, very quick. But like we can dislike it, but Ronda Rousey is a legit wrestling legend at this point. So, like, you know, like, she's multi-time world champion. Had, like, a uh, arguably the most dominant run as a women's champion in recent WWE history that wasn't, like, a 300-day reign. You know, like... Yeah. Um, but Hikaru hit a really nice Falcon Arrow that was got a near fall, and then she hit the uh, Katana Kick. But I just thought, you know, it, it was a three-minute match, but... It kind of felt like it was going quick. They they definitely uh, they went fast paced to say the least. Renee Paquette's interviewing Chris Statlander, who has uh, already defended her TBS title six times. Statlander is quote the defeater of the undefeated, which she and Paquette believe would make a really good T-shirt. And Statlander ends with Chris Stat is where it's at. And I got to tell you that probably also might make a good shirt. <laughs> um, she looked pretty cool though. She she had some cool glasses and shit. I'm, it's nice seeing Statlander. Get some back. drip Statlander. I I am enjoying her her title reign. I'm enjoying her back. It's uh she's kind of doing her own little Orange Cassidy reign, right? So, can we get a mixed tag match between those two? And uh, I don't know who would you who would you uh the TV uh... Johnny TV and oh. fucking Ty Valkyrie. There you go. Perfect. That'd be fun. All right, main event of Rampage in my last match we had. Big Bill and Brian Cage defeat Trent Brett and Matt Seidel. That's large Williams, sir. Lodge and in charge. Uh, David versus Goliath match, if you will. A couple of former WWE guys. Well, three to former WWE guys. I described guys this as big Cage. meat versus flippy shit. And I feel like Trent Brett and Matt Seidel would have made a fucking team in WWE mid-card. Like, <laughs> no, honestly, if you threw these two guys together on, like, NXT, like, black and gold even, era. Bro, they... give, me, give me fucking 2010 Evan Bourne with Trent Beretta. Yeah, honestly, I don't know what Trent was doing at that time. I'm sure he was a wrestler then, you know what I mean? Even if it was like yeah, I think he was beginning. in the lower WWE card. So That would make a lot of sense. That, this, it yeah, feels like a, a circuit team out of that era. All they're missing is Dolph Ziggler. And yeah, he would and be Kofi Kingston, actually, and there you go. I could see that faction <laughs> existing, and it would actually probably have some of the bet. If that existed during the infinite six-man ta- tag match era, they would have not had a problem. I would have just thrown those guys in there, you know? Yeah. Um, Trent sends Big Bill to the floor, which I thought was really cool. It was a really cool visual of him kind of just flinging out these big guys, but it worked. And my biggest takeaway, I think Big Bill and Brian Cage like teaming together. <laughs> hey, man. If you need, if you need I to throw at least it. two. 
I said to you, like, right after I watched this, or not long after, anyway, and I was like, bro, if they throw Big Bill and Lee Moriarty into the Mogul Embassy, I mean, I'm fine with that, you know? Because that they, team I feel like they could fit together. nice at home. Yeah. But you could also tag those two together, and they, they work together, you know? Brian Cage is athletic enough to be the smaller, more athletic, speedy guy in a team of two big meets, you know what I mean? So... I mean, they could definitely work. I mean, we've seen between Khan and Toa. Khan is kind of a similar setup, you know what I mean? Like, where he can move, like, but he's also powerful as fuck. So, we'll have to see. Yeah. Speaking of powerful as fuck. Um, where it's Seidel and Bredig, they they gave fucking William a, a double super kick. He shrugs it off. He gives him the double clothesline. Cajun uh, and large William fi- finished off Seidel with an awesome double team move where Cage held up Seidel for a powerbomb. And Bill killed him with a stiff lariat. And I was like, dude, this is fucking big meat madness. Like, this is what you'd expect out of these guys teaming. Just do the big moves that you know live are going to capture that crowd every single time it hits. Which is, I think, what FDR translates so well. It's weird. I think subtly, uh, W. Morrissey, God is so cursed calling that, Big Bill uh while he was in wwe and he was learning the style of big man i think he kind of just decided he wouldn't want to do that he's got such a diverse arsenal of moves yeah i don't even he can wrestle a wrestling match we've seen him do remember that little singles run they gave him on raw when uh, enzo got hurt or whatever Mm. like and we were like dude this guy should be a world champion he was in the four-way for the universal title Bro, he, I honestly think they almost pulled the trigger on that i'm not even a kid i'm not even kidding you i think if enzo and him hadn't gonna be if they weren't on the path to the tag titles already, I I think that he probably would have won it there, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he was super over with the crowd. But I, I really like what he does in the ring because what you're saying is true in this match. But it's cool because he just hit like 30% of what he normally hits. You know what I mean? So, And they've also been having him wrestle that big man style. So I would like to see him get unleashed. I was hoping maybe it would be against Wardlow again because they did that once already. Or maybe against somebody like, I don't know, maybe... maybe I, 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 be really weird putting him against Luchasaurus, but you know I don't think Luchasaurus title reign is going to make that much sense anyway. So you know we'll see. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> we'll get into that. Jeez, um, yeah, we got Battle of the Belts next week, so the first three hours of live AW. But that being said, our show was not over. We have Saturday night is all it's what, Saturday night is all right for a fight or something like that, right? Something um, along those lines. Where but we before have, we got that song, we had another open to the show that was cold open. I love this way of opening the show. It makes it feel different. It's different than most wrestling shows. It feels it feels big. It feels like we're about to start some cool shit. It, you it know? truly is fucking awesome. We had Ricky, we had Hobbs, we had Joe, and we had Punker all in the opening segment of this. I, just, I love it, bro. Get your stars on the show. People that are tuning in saw CM Punk in the first 30 seconds of this show or something. That's good. You know what I mean? Because not a lot of people know freaking Powerhouse Hobbs or Ricky Starks, but people know CM Punk, even random wrestling fans. You know what I mean? So be like, bro, was that was that CM? That was CM Punk. Even people that don't even watch wrestling, probably. Honestly, yeah, honestly. So and then you go straight into a CM Punk coming out to the crowd, pro punk crowd, first pro punk crowd we've had since Chicago, um, which we knew we were going to get some of, especially during the Cup and during the fact they were in Canada. I honestly think we all expected Canada was going to kind of be safe country for punk, but not all of it is. So I mean, I guess that makes sense because Kenny's from there, you know. So it does, it does kind of make sense. But also, we're the big Manitoba. We're the big. We're the big. Anyway, um, he was telling the history of him and Joe. 
And he put over Owen Hart mega big here and said he's going to earn the cup. Not because he's going to be, he's not going to get the cup. He's not going to win it. He's going to earn that shit. I, I, okay. Fair enough. I, I kind of have to, but respect, you know, um, I guess he's saying he's not going to cheat. Okay. So yeah, it was just a good opening promo from punker bud and uh pro punk crowd. So thoughts on that throughout just before I move on thoughts on the pro punk crowd. Was it something you were expecting? And to I've, see? I've enjoyed the different touches of the uh, collision openers, you know, and we had the cold open followed into this and I thought it was cool. Yeah. I ate it immediately set the vibe for the show because this was not a massive crowd. I, I think, I think they, Kevin Kelly said 2,500 and that might even be stretching it a little bit. This was mm-hmm. not, not like some That's crazy. Okay. AW needs crowd. to light their crowds better. That's what I saw on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, for what the crowd was, it sounded like a fucking very loud, loud, fun show. Hell yeah. So, That's them Canadian wrestling. And, and they started it off hot with this. I, I love how, I love how collision opens. Yep. We opened right up and straight into the Owen Hart cup. We had powerhouse, powerhouse Hobbs. I almost said powerhouse Starks. That would have been a fucking combination. Um, powerhouse Hobbs taking on Lord Rickard of house stocks. Um, the, the crowd was instantly behind Ricky here. Hobbs was super dominant early in the match. We got some, let's go Ricky chance. It had a really deliberate pace to this match, I thought, which I thought was cool. Um, and the crowd had energy for this match. It was good. It was really good. They were really behind it. Ricky hit a nice power bomb for two. QT grabbed the boot. That check cost Hobbs ultimately because Ricky took advantage with a spear. And QT and Solo um, got laid out by Hobbs here, which I don't think means that they're breaking up that group or anything. I think it just means he's pissed at him right now. So... Ricky Starks picks up the win off the distraction. So when this happened in my head, I was like, fuck, does that mean Joe is winning? Because I don't think they're going babyface versus babyface for the end of this tournament. Um, obviously, you know, you should never know with tournaments. It's, it, it doesn't really have to follow the same logic, I don't think. But it, sometimes it feels more appropriate when it does. But we'll have to see how the, the show unfolds, I suppose, when we find out. Um, but I really did enjoy this match. I thought it was good. Um, the ending sequence, I, I, again, like, I, what do you, do you think, um, Hobbs getting like QTV costing Hobbs here? It does kind of make, it does feel a little weird because like what, like, okay, I guess sometimes it backfires, I guess, but like, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I got the sense of this was a Hobbs baby face turn. Um, I, I did get that sense. So I actually do think they're going to drop QTV could totally be wrong. I have no idea, but um yeah i just i still can't help but shake the feeling that he lost the tvs title or the tnt title for nothing and it it hurts seeing him lose this even though you know jokingly when ricky starks was the first person announced i said yeah that's your winner um and obviously it still hurts your bracket's still alive (laughs) still alive still alive but you know powerhouse hobbs it just man Fuck, you know, I just, I feel bad for him. Almost. He's never got, he's never in the position to be the guy that should win. It's crazy. And it, it's always one, like, how, how did Wardlow beat him? For that Arn Anderson thing that lasted with, two with fucking With a powerbomb symphony. Like, and now look at Wardlow, bro. Like, he's not even on TV. And we have five hours of fucking television. Seven with Ring of Honor. Imagine uh, Wardlow and Ring of Honor right now. That'd be he, could, he could fucking use it. And I, I, I mean that as someone who wants the guy to hit that next level. Yeah, I mean, I agreed. I just, I mean, yeah, it, this this whole QTV thing, I kind of hope they don't drop QTV right after bringing in Johnny TV because I, I don't. Well, think yeah, I think that that is going to be QTV. It's going to be QT Johnny and uh, 
fucking in solo. I mean, maybe. I, Harley Cameron's I, getting a lot of shine too, so you know, I think QTV on its own will be fine. It's just time to move on with Hobbs, you know. Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe the next guy up is uh, the person you're talking about next for Hobbs. I that would be interesting. Uh, we have Miro backstage, and he's talking about temptation and about how. He's going to walk the whole, sorry, not the holy, the righteous path that his God has not been walking. <laughs> Fucking Miro promos I are so goddamn shit, good. Man. Dude, they are. It's they're just so for, fun. They're not for everyone, but they work for us. Like, we we love this shit. And we kind of, we, we literally say this kind of shit to each other all the time. Like, I'm going to destroy your soul and sacrifice it to the Lord of the North or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, we love saying shit like that. It's awesome. The pilgrimage of freedom was meant to die for me. Yes. Willow Nightingale backstage. Interrupted by Athena. Um, so we get this is where we find out about Willow's injury. So Willow's match with Athena getting pushed back. Tell Rampage. Um, Fucking CW. Rampage. Rampage, baby. Why would you not double this up on Dynamite? I mean, we know why. But like, bruh. Come bruh. on, man. Um, and Athena implied that if she is able to beat her in the tournament, that she will give her another shot, I think is basically how it went here. Um, was it that? It was something else. Yeah, no, she said, if you beat me in this tournament, you can get a shot at the title. Which, that makes sense. I mean, you know, she probably should anyway. But Athena agreeing to it, I agree with, because she, I think, is one of the closest challengers she's had, and she respects Willow, especially since she won the New Japan Strong Women's Championship and all that, so... Yeah, okay, good, good, you know, stuff backstage. We had a little uh, blood and guts preview at this point. Um, they're going to be throwing those on everything probably for a little while. Julia Hart had a match here on Ring of Honor. This is the perfect place to use Julia Hart. If you don't have anywhere else for her on the card, throw her on Ring of Honor. Give her a little quick match, you know what I mean? Or sorry, not Ring of Honor, on Collision, I should say. Uh, I don't know why I thought I was fucking still reviewing Ring of Honor. Probably because uh, Athena, and I, I typed Ring of Honor in my thing. My brain just melted back into a million pieces, and now we've, now we've entered the shadow realm. All right. Um, actually, that's kind of appropriate with the Julia Hart match. Um, but yeah, there wasn't that much here. She's kind of locked in the heartless pick the win. Malachi Black. Can I just uh, go ahead? I gotta say, y- you have the Athena Willow match canceled. You know, this is Athena's big uh, Collision debut, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Which she should be working Collision. Yeah, nearly every week because of the Ring of Honor stuff. That's you know how it goes. Uh huh. Why did Athena not get this match? Why did we not have Athena walk out here, beat the fuck out of someone, and then cut a promo on Willow? Because of the Andrade feud, and we wouldn't and have just... had a segment for that at all if we hadn't done that. Probably. Yeah, but but it would have been they would have put that right in there anyways, as they did. This was added last second, and it's just in a week where New Japan Pro Wrestling, who barely just started a women's division puts on back-to-back kick-ass matches. I just, I feel like it's just such a weird comparison of, 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 of women's this week of, of our AEW promotion where we had our three matches and, you know, ah, just, it was, I, the way I look at this is like this, the next person that was available stepped up and that was Julia Hart. So I I agree. I'm cool that Julia got the spot. I just, I can't imagine that the audible shouldn't have been, all right, let's let Athena get her debut. And then I mean, Athena had a match scheduled for Ring of Honor already this week. It wasn't necessary. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and I, I believe this was going to be the Ring of Honor match that we'll get in the spoilers. You know, it was probably going to be Julia Hart versus Bambi Hall. And they're like, well, here's what we're going to do instead. We're going to put you guys on collision. You're getting the bump. So instead of wrestling at 630, you're wrestling at 930. Fucking here you go. 
enjoy it, you know, go out there, crush it. And Bambi Hall is probably like super stoked about it. And so is Julie. Cause he's like, well, I love excelling on TV, but it's just like, come on, man. I just think this was another missed fucking sign with Athena. And honestly, the fact that they didn't do it worries me that they might actually beat her. And I'm so I, I nah, I'm I think be, it'd be really silly for her to lose before she, I'm going to be a title. fucking lunatic next week. If she loses to Willow and that's nothing against Willow, but my God, I'm going to be a little upset. I'm not going to be a lunatic. I'm just going to be, I'm going to fucking be a salty little bitch. So BS Malachi. <laughs> um, Hey, Malachi was a bit of a salty little bitch here, huh? Um, he talked about taking Andrade's mask said because he, he came out or it might come on the screen. I'm not sure exactly which, but we had a little promo from Andrade or Andrade from uh, Malachi afterward. He had a really incredible promo here talking about how he's going to change who he is to make him stronger by taking his mask away because he relies on it too much. He thinks he gets his strength from the mask, but he gets the strength from himself and he's going to teach him that by taking the mask away. <laughs> Fucking Malachi Black. Is, there's so many insane promos in, in AEW right now. It's actually kind of ridiculous. And they had some intense music on during this segment too that just made it even more intense. Cut back to backstage. Andrade's back there responding to the House of Black and he cuts an awesome promo. We talk about the culture of masks in Lucha, how it's important to Latin people and their culture. And how he's going to basically defend all of that when he goes and he's going to be using all of that to strengthen him when he goes to try and take the mask back. With Bro, this feud is awesome. It is very good. With next week being so fully loaded with Ricky versus uh, Punk and the two out of three falls, save this for the following week and let's main event with these two. Yeah, give them another segment like this. Maybe yep. have them come out and like leave the mask in the ring or something like Do that. Do what they've been doing. It. Start the entrances at fucking 930, you know, and, and let's run it. Let's give these guys 25 minutes of a match plus their five minutes for both of them to have awesome entrances. And let's main event with these guys next week. I think that could. No, Just no, the energy of the two the sets of entrances alone is going to be incredible, you know? Yep. So, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely loving all this. We talked about my favorite match this week, Bullet Club Gold versus FTR for the AEW world title shot potential. We had a segment backstage where we got Sean Spears talking about how uh, Luchasaurus is a big threat. And he told us he promised his fucking newborn child that he was never going to become the chairman again because he wanted to be a better example. But he's going to make an exception because Christian Cage is such a prick. Son of a bitch. Uh, Tony backstage with FTR after losing to Bullet Club Gold, setting up the two out of three falls match. Scorpio Sky took on Action Andretti. Uh, just, I feel like Scorpio was like, eh, am I doing this right at one point in the match? <laughs> like, um, Yeah. A little rusty. Uh, not that I know shit about wrestling, but, you know, it felt that way, you know. Um, he's great. I hope we, maybe we can, like, do something with, with Scorpio. Reunite him with Ethan, maybe. That that feels like that's the perfect setup if you do the other thing that I'm talking about with Ethan, you know. Um, but give him a – that that singles run, I feel like he was about to go on, right, before they just cut it out from underneath him. I feel like we need to try and go for that again, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, the injury in, and followed Maybe this is how you surgery. fix your TNT title. I I don't even I, – I don't think there's any salvaging that. Um Real quick, that uh, FCR promo was actually hilarious, I thought. Uh, the fuzzy wuzzy stuff. Dude, how great are Juice and Jay on the mic? <laughs> I got to tell you, they actually and, – and this this is just going to show the level that they did. I think they actually won up Dax on the mic here. And I was like, I, that, if you tell me that 
fucking uh, even a month ago because in my opinion Dax is always always the top guy in the promos but this backstage one it came across as holy shit these guys are fucking laying down the law and Dax even had some fun back with it talking about oh I'll, I'll fuzzy was you all day I'm like hey yo hey yo um, boss but no for uh for a Scorpio Sky match here it did didn't it feel like Andretti had all the heat though I mean what the fuck was Scorpio uh, Sky starting from know. ground zero dude I this know, is man. ground zero. He I mean, had, he's been gone for a while. It's yep. tough to come back when you've been gone for that and, long. And this is going to be cool to follow because, dude, when he entered this ring, zero fucking pop at all. Yeah. I'm talking I was, zero. It was crickets. It was really sad. I bet he probably felt really fucking embarrassed by it. You know what I mean? Like, that, if that doesn't fire, it's got to like fire you up, though. Like, dude, not, I, We're getting that Scorpio Sky. Remember that Scorpio Sky when Ethan Page started going nuts, and then the next week when he felt like he was one-upped in his own promo segment, he came out and cut a similarly good promo? Yep. Like, I feel like we need that Scorpio back. Um. um it was cool seeing Andretti, even though he got the jobber entrance. It didn't matter. The crowd. Andretti cared. had a rough week this week. Huh? The crowd cared more about him. Uh, so I think that shows Andretti's still, you know, seen within good eyes within the. Uh, this the confirms the to me though that neither him nor Darius will do anything important until they have the trio of them and Dante as top flight. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Which sucks for them because they're doing great work right now. I felt kind of bad. He got the jobber entrance. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we know. What do you think of Scorpio's is. new entrance? By the way, that looked mega star. Yeah, no, I think if, I think once entrance. this gets going, he's going to be a hot top guy again. Just people just fucking remember who he is for yep. some reason. So I, I can't wait to follow where this goes because I, I don't mean, think it's the people don't remember who it is. I think they're just not excited yet to root for him. I think if we give him a good story, you know, maybe if you don't know what to do with Jericho right now, that could be good. You know, potentially. I'm still thinking him and Jay Lethal. Please give me that. No, I, I would still love yes. that. Jay yes. Lethal is not viewed as a. That's as that's a main the story event. I want to run. Jay, I, dude, I hate to say this. I don't think Jay Lethal is viewed as like even the mid card guy to AEW. Those, half the those time. guys were compared against each other for fucking years. It feels like. Oh, I know. So I know. it's just like, I I want that to be an actual program, and yeah, Jay's been in limbo since uh his his feud with Briscoe. So. Hmm. Hundred percent. It wasn't Briscoe, have, FTR. Because yeah. Briscoe wasn't the feud, so. We, uh, that's true. We, uh, we had our matches run down for the next week. We'll get to those when we, we get past this last match. We are gonna, probably going to spend, like, probably a little bit of time on this match, I have to think, though. CM Punk, bud. It's Bunker, bud. Or it's Joe, 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 Joe. Um, there was a sign in the crowd that said Samoa Joe is my tribal chief. Same. Um, <laughs> I actually missed it, that. It was clobbering time, Charlie. Um, oh, yes, it was. What a surreal match to be having in 2023. Um, we got another hint. Charlie, he's teasing me. Don't fucking do it to me unless you're going to do it, you son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Brian Danielson versus McGinnis could happen in 2023. It could happen. It could happen. Uh, he... Give me what I want. Yeah. Nah, seriously. Anyway. This is... Um, uh. What's that? What's the pay per view they do in November? Uh, Fuck, my brain's mush. Full uh, gear, yes, yeah, it's full gear. Yeah, yeah, it's full gear. Sure, yeah, run yep, it there. Sure, give, give me uh, a. I'm down. Tease this up in Chicago before Thanksgiving, and then give me the full gear. Nigel McGuinness, fucking Danielson. He'll be back. He'll be back by oh, then. Yeah. Please, 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 and thank you all. Take that. That's my that's my Christmas present, Tony Khan. All right. Um. You still owe me two Christmas presents. I expect Kenny Omega 3 to be at All Out. No. 
<laughs> yes. Fam Amers. Give me three and four at the both both weekend shows. <laughs> oh my god. Imagine if they had two six star matches in a fucking two weeks. That'd be crazy. Anyway. Um this is really fun stuff. So Joe still doing the little pimp walk away from the fucking springboard offense. It's just like I've got no time for your bullshit, you know? No, thank you. Uh Joe Joe was killing him with the chops and strikes, bro. Oh my god. He, I think he actually hates CM Punk, bro. I think he just wanted to kill him. I and mean, he was trying to murder yeah. this man. Bro, he was killing him. Um Punk took a little nappy on the chair, bud. I don't know if you caught that. He took a little sleepy, you know. A little sleepy. Um yeah, just all right. Rear naked choke counted into a side to a suplex. Great setup for the elbow drop by, you know, by Punk. Punk was unable to lift Joe up at first. Joe capitalized with a cross face. I mean, that's just a great transition when he's not able to catch him. You know what I mean? He's just uh, straight into a cross face. Then he hit him with a mean-ass looking power slam. Uh, we had a chant for Owen Hart, which is what CM Punk requested earlier in the night. Joe tried to get a muscle buster. Then he tried another Coquina clutch. It was rolled through, and Punk picks up the win, rolling through on the Coquina clutch. And we think, Charlie, that Punk is finally, after 20 fucking years of wrestling this guy, since 2003, that he was finally going to earn this man's respect. And he locks him in another coquina clutch and says, you've never been deader than me a day in your life. That son of a bitch. I tell you what. (laughs) FTR hit the ring. Saved the day. But fucking Christ, man. What a fun match. Just give me your thoughts on this. This match was insane. It it lived up to the hype. It lived up to the hype. The ending actually caught me a little off guard. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think it was ending that moment. But when it did, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm in. I'm in. Um, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, real wrestlers know how to time their matches for the end of the night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> real wrestling. Um, yeah, no. Samoa Joe is the the Omega heel of AW Collision. And that is solidified now because even in defeat, he came across as the biggest son of a bitch on the roster. So. It's cool to see that we have a final boss of Collision. They um, literally will never love. They, there's never going to respect each other. They're just going to hate each other for their entire career. We might get another Punk versus fucking Samoa Joe match. I'm cool with that. And yeah, Punk versus Ricky Starks, man. I I, I just don't know. I, I It's going to be a great match. And I will point out to everybody that if you remember the first episode of uh, the first dance... Or, sorry, no, the first episode of, not the first dance, but the the first show of Rampage that he did afterward, he called out Team Taz on the mic. And four people he called out. Hook, Hobbs, and Ricky Starks were three of them. I don't remember who the fourth one was. It's probably whoever. The, was it Brian Cage? Uh, no, it wasn't Brian Someone, Cage. Who, was, yeah. who else was in there at the time? Don't remember. It doesn't really matter. The point is, um, he called out Ricky and he called out Hobbs initially. So I'm thinking that he's wanted to have this match for a while. And Ricky's a pretty good wrestler. And so is CM Punk. So I, I'm thinking this is going to be a pretty good match. Yeah, I am very excited about this match, to say the least. <laughs> Next week, Collision is going to be nuts again. I mean, come on. They just don't, they don't miss. We don't yeah, Collision miss. is definitely uh, using an aimbot for sure. And, you know, the more that's happening on Collision means the more that's happening on Dynamite. And, you know, put it all together and you're going to have some fun stuff. So, yeah, good stuff out of Collision this week. Next week, uh, we have those two matches. We got the Own Hearts uh, final 
on Collision as well, which will be the winners of Nightingale versus Athena and Sky Blue versus Soho. So that'd be cool. Uh, go Athena. Rampage better. And Battle of the Belt 7 is following Collision next week, where we're going to have Luchasaurus defend against Sean Spears, as well as, I'm assuming, Hook versus uh, uh, Jack Perry. And then I'm probably thinking Hook bring... versus Jack Perry might be Battle for the Belts, bro. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and I think, um, did I say Collision? I meant Battle of the Belts. Well, um, I just, I didn't know what you meant. I think we'll see it next week, but I don't know if it'll be because yeah. Battle for the Belts is always so weird because it's, it's so, it's so fucking it. weird. Sometimes it gets a Ring of Honor title. You know, and then I'm guessing weird. a Statlander match probably. And then that makes sense. If we do a fourth, maybe Orange Cassidy. Yeah, he maybe hasn't had a defense a... in a few weeks. That would make sense. Orange Cassidy, Keith Lee. So we'll see. We'll see. If they want to be spicy, give me MGF versus Matt Menard. So that would be a why. spicy title match. Yep. Exactly. See. That'll be it for us, guys. So thank you very much for hanging out. Next week, the not only do we have all that to cover, but the G1 Climax starts the 15th, where if you are interested at all in New Japan Pro Wrestling and you've never watched it before, we're going to be covering it pretty fluently on right, the show. You want a way too early prediction? Hit me. Shooter's winning and he's beating Sonata. Okay. And and I'm cool with that. Um. But if you guys are interested at all, New Japan is going to be free and in English the first two nights. So the 15th and 16th. So if you're interested at all, New Japan World, check that out. Um, because it's fun to follow. And we're going to be talking about it here. So if you're interested in following along. It's probably going to be the thing like how we cared only pretty much about Super Juniors for like a couple of weeks. It's going to be that way for like a month with a gym. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I can't wait to see it. 20 minute time limits on matches. It's going to be interesting. I don't know what that's going to mean going forward. For Probably some draws. G1. Yeah, maybe some more draws, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, yeah, thanks for checking us out. Um, we're Eat Sleep Elite. Hopefully we see you next week. And we will catch you all on the flip side. Vision. It stopped, by the way. I don't know why it's not. <laughs>